genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in The Electric Mayhem. Today, we continue our mini-series on the Muppets franchise with the first theatrically released Muppet movie in 12 years. It's 2011's legacy sequel, The Muppets. And we have a guest joining us to talk about reunions, cameos, and controversial fart shoes. Is musician, podcaster, and something of a Muppet man himself, Scott Tofty. Hi, ho. Welcome. Uh, I'm holding <laughs> up to the screen... An issue of Muppet Magazine from mm-hmm. uh, summer of 1983. There's a story behind this, wow. but uh, it's it's a Star Wars issue of Muppet Magazine, and it's I'll, I'll tell the story in a minute. But hi, everybody! It's nice to be here. Yeah, wow, that's in incredible condition. Yes, <laughs> it magazine. is. <laughs> so, do you want me for to not tell being my story in like now? a bag and a board or whatever? Like, it's in incredible condition. I have some fun things here I'm going to share with you guys as we get rolling. But, uh, Great. Okay. All visual. This is terrific. <laughs> it's all visual, but I'm a very good describer of visual media. So, um, yeah, I'm super Pretty, excited it, to be here, man. I love the Muppets. I'm a huge, huge Muppet fan. So I this is like one of my favorite film franchises, media franchises, period, ever, period, the end. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so where what 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 got you started on the Muppets? Do you even remember, or have they just always been in your life? So I have a sister. I have two sisters, but one of my sisters, who is closest to me in age, um, is still 15 years older than me, but was a big mm-hmm. Muppets fan. Um, watched the Muppet Show when she was a kid. Um, I was not born yet when the Muppet Show was on TV, but I so it was sort of pushed in the direction of Muppets via her. She was also the person that kind of gave me a lot of my early taste in music. So I have Yeah, this is also a very similar story that you told uh when you were on for Star Trek. So yes. yeah. different sister though. Other sister. Yeah. Oh, different sister. This is the other oh. sister. <laughs> yes. Everyone wow. in my family serves a purpose. Um but <laughs> I I guess I really remember the Muppet movie vinyl soundtrack. That's sort of like the first I mean, aside from like like Sesame Street, we had like the the Sesame Street book series, like there's a monster at the end of this book and all that stuff. Um, but as far as like Muppets proper, like it was the Muppet movie and then eventually the um, the Muppet show, which was still being shown in reruns um, on various channels when I was a kid. We could still find them and watch them. So I absolutely fell in love with that sort of vaudeville variety show Muppet thing that they do so well mm-hmm. or did, I should say. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, what were your, I guess, what are your thoughts on all of the movies up to this point? And, uh, certainly, uh, how did you feel watching this movie for the first time back in 2011? So I, I love all of the movies, you know, Muppet movie is probably my favorite. Caper is great. Muppets take Manhattan is maybe the one I've seen the most, uh, aside from probably Muppet Christmas Carol. And those four were sort of like the 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 heart and soul of my Muppet fandom along with the Muppet show. 
Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. they started doing like Muppet Treasure Island, Muppets from Space, Muppet Wizard of Oz, Muppet Jack and the Beanstalk, <laughs> Muppet reads the works of, you know, I don't know, Hunter S. Thompson, all those like various varieties <laughs> of like Muppet spinoff things sort of lost me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it was the Jim Henson thing. The fact that Jim Henson was no longer around. I think there's something about the way that the Muppets regarded their audience that changed when Jim Henson died. It seemed they sort of started aiming younger and younger and younger intentionally and making the Muppets more akin to Sesame Street. Mm. Um, And they lost a little bit of the, you know, the wink and a smile aspect of the Muppets that Jim Henson and Frank Oz were so good at. Um, So it's not that I fell off the train, but I, I don't love those sort of, you know, late nineties, early aughts Muppet things as much as some people Mm -hmm. might. Mm-hmm. That's fine to each their own. Um, this movie is a 199% home run. I mm. love it. I think having Jason Siegel on board um, from a fan's perspective, knowing what other fans like to see from, at least fans like me like to see from the Muppets, I think he made it feel real or as real as it can feel without Jim Henson. He leaned heavy on the nostalgia um, which I, I mean, is great for this movie. It's not something you can do every time the Muppets go out anymore, but for this particular film, I thought it was an absolute home run. I really, really enjoyed it. I watched it again this morning and I'm not going to lie. I still tear up at the ending. Like it's just, it's yeah. a really well put together Muppet adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the good kind of manipulative. It's very um, good kind of manipulative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Nick, what, what what were your thoughts? I, I remember, like, because we were, like, full on, like, you know, talking to each other, like, almost every day, like, friends at this point. Um, <laughs> For sure. By, by 2011. So I, I remember us both just being, like... Uh, how many how many days before the Muppets <laughs> opens? <laughs> yeah, we were counting down the days. I mean, listeners of our Judd Apatow series know that uh, I'm a big fan of Jason Siegel from his work in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. and uh, at the time, still being an avid like Entertainment Weekly reader, I, uh, High School Me was very captured by the story of him like writing his own role in Forgetting Sarah Marshall and like putting his weirdness and like love of puppets in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, and then the, the narrative that was in all of the trades and all the interviews was that I don't, I don't, I don't want to take your story, but just like that, that of him bringing back the Muppets. I just found that very romantic in 2011. Yeah. And so this was like the first Muppet movie that I was like hyped for. And so I saw, I was living in Austin at the time. So I saw this at the Alamo draft house, South Lamar and um, loved it thought it was really funny and like really wholesale bought the movie's message of nostalgia. Like Tom D said, uh, watching it in the context of the series has been fascinating or mm. was fascinating. I mean, we've just had like two or three guests in a row that were kind of closer to my age and my generation were like the Muppet, the the nineties period that Tofty was talking about. Like that's my, that's like the Muppets that I feel most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of distant from like the 70s, like Steve Martin, you know, kind of like vaudeville (laughs) kind of thing. Uh And so watching a movie that is like it's almost like a Bond movie where you're watching a movie that is such a love letter to a specific period of this group and Mm -hmm. this thing 
that it's like watching it this time with that context was really, really interesting. Yeah. Nick, can yeah. I ask you a question? Just because sure. I don't I don't have the perspective. You know, I, I grew up, you know, very little with with, you know, my era Muppets. What about what is your favorite part of the Muppets? Like, what is the thing that hooks you the most? They make me laugh. <laughs> all right. OK. <laughs> make me smile. They're all friends. They're silly. Yeah. All right. It's the relationships that gets you. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh uh Scott, what's your answer to that question? Uh yeah, I mean it's 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 the relationships, it's the sort of uh you know, uh, I guess like I just have like a kinship with them and like spiritually, you know? Um like I I I I feel like um you know, I think we talked a lot about this in our in our first uh the Muppet movie episode. Um but yeah, they're they're like I think the reason that they're so great is that they're they are funny and they do bits and they have like great relationships. They're also just like really relatable, um, despite being you know a bear and a pig and a frog. Um, they're just really relatable to anybody that is uh, remotely creative. I think and has certainly done creative things in group settings. I think. You know, I look at dueling genre and I'm like, yeah, we're all Muppets. Like I can point at at everyone, you know, associated with dueling genre and I can give you a Muppet. Wasn't, wasn't that uh, you your know. pitch for one of the dueling genre shows is it's going to be the Muppet show, but we're the hosts yeah. of the Muppets. Yeah, it didn't it didn't quite go that route. Um, but <laughs> that was that was my pie in the sky <laughs> version. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I have so. to say, I, I, I like that answer. Um, I guess I'm I'm just curious because I don't I don't understand as much. And I th- in analyzing it now, like when you put the Muppets in like a situation where they're in the world, when they're not putting on a show, but when they're just being themselves, I don't, I'm, I'm almost wondering if that's what takes me out of it a little bit. Like I love seeing the Muppets as creatives, as mm-hmm. a troop of entertainers doing something, whether it's the Muppet movie or whether it's, you know, trying to get the show together for Muppets Take Manhattan or for, for this movie, you know, like – Muppets from Space, Muppets Wizard of Oz, cute, but I'm 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 missing the sort of the part where we they know that they're in a show, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think that sort of loses me a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I take it all as like they're just they're 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 a um a a troop of of actors uh who are in uh these movies and sometimes they get hired to tell stories about themselves and sometimes they get hired to tell uh, stories about other people, um, and you know they're professionals, Tofty. Uh, yeah. And they just I, I get they it. show up and they do their job, I <laughs> whatever like, that job I like happens that. to be. I just, I guess, I was just curious, like, because there's there is such a divide with the era of Muppets that I am into, and what I look for is a, a Muppet product. I love yeah. the Muppets ABC TV show. I thought that was fantastic because it was a really yeah. good blend of. I guess sort of both the things that I look at them in a like living their lives, but also putting on a show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, in terms of me, when this came out, um, like Nick said, we were both really, really excited about this. Um, I was living in I had just moved to Fort Wayne, I think. Wow. Um, just started college uh, in, in 2011. Um, and uh yeah, um, it was uh, this movie came out and I was just so hopeful and it was a thing where like my love of the Muppets had sort of just like faded over time. 
um, because there was like, you know, like Tofty, the only things that were new were like ABC specials and stuff that were specifically geared toward children. And so it was a lot of stuff that was just sort of going right past me because I was like, I knew this isn't for me. These aren't my Muppets. Hashtag not my Muppets. <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, when this was announced, I was like, oh, OK, I'm I'm interested in this. This is exciting and got like really excited for this. And I was just so hopeful watching this movie that like they were going to get it and that it was going to be the Muppets that I grew up with. And I just... I just remember like watching this the first time. I think this was the first time that that Bethany, uh, my my newish girlfriend at the time, now my wife, um, had ever seen me cry uh, <laughs> because I was just openly weeping at the end of this movie. Um, it, it's yeah. really the end of this movie is very good at that. It's like it's they hit whatever they figured out. Like we're gonna hit this beat right now, this moment, this exact moment in the movie. Every time I watch it. That's where I start crying. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's just uh, this movie was I mean, it, it is uh, incredible. I think the thing that I was, you know, like you said, Nick, you know, revisiting all of these movies and then getting to this one is a weird experience because the thing that I was so fascinated by with this movie watching it this time was like, yes, it is a legacy sequel to those three original movies and to the Muppet show, especially. Right. Um, and it is very much in line with those sort of like philosophically with these characters, but it's also very modern and like very flight of the concords. It is so flight of the concords, like something I did not notice when I was watching it before. Um, now watching it now, I was just like, Oh my God. Like all of these are so obviously Brett McKenzie. It's ridiculous. Especially um, specifically uh, Amy Adams songs are yeah. all like, it's just like, it's a flight of the concord sketch. A hundred percent. Every single time she sings, that's what it is. Um, I've, I've never seen it. I've never You've seen, seen Flight of the, the Concords? No. Oh, that's that's surprising to me. I'm going to watch um, it and I'm going to be like, oh, this is just the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You are. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So that was kind of my takeaway from this was like, yeah, it's it's fantastic. But as much as it is sort of gazing at the past, it is very specifically attempting to not just like honor the past, but also present to a new generation. Like this is why the Muppets are great. This is why you should like the Muppets. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of magical uh, for that. Like it really finds a perfect balance between the two things of like modernizing the Muppets, making them relevant to today, um, but also not being afraid to like honor the past and, and uh, you know, look back at their vaudevillian roots. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of great. It's that thing where when you see Muppets legs, it's always a little disconcerting. I feel like I had that <laughs> feeling a lot in this movie. Like, oh, there's bottom halves. Oh, more bottom halves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There are a lot of bottom halves in this. Can I tell um, a quick story before we get into sure. the movie? So, um, I teach at a school and one of the parents of one of my students is the archivist for the Henson company. So one day was like, hey, do you want to come to the Jim Henson Creature Shop and have a tour? And I said, no, that would be awful. Why would you dare ask me such a thing? <laughs> um, no, I went and it was great. 
Um, I got to go through the whole in Queens, New York. They have the whole Jim Henson creature shop. I walk in and Snuffleupagus is standing there and Cookie Monster is like laying on a table with like a bandana over his eyeballs. Help they, me! I know. They walk <laughs> us around. I got to sit in the chair from um, Dark Crystal and she walks us through all these archives. She hands us all these books. There's like I have this Muppets like classical art book where some artist like painted the Muppets in works of classical art. She gave us a couple of other things, gave me the Muppet magazine. She pulled a box out of the archive, and she's like, do you like Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah. So she pulls out this copy of Muppet magazine that's like just in an archive box and hands it to me and goes, here you go. It's wow. amazing. Drew Barrymore is like interviewed in the middle of it as a 12-year-old or whatever. <laughs> um, I got to read, hold, and flip through Jim Henson's personal copy of the first Ninja Turtle script. Um, wow. which is amazing she pulls she goes she walks up to us and she goes so kermit number one is in the smithsonian so i can't show him to you and then she opened a box and pulls out she goes but this is kermit number two and she's just holding him like he's not some sort of national treasure and i'm like wow. my brain is going on fire like how dare you touch all these amazing things and <laughs> One of the things she said, she's like, Jim never wanted people to treat any of this stuff like museum pieces. They were meant to be interacted with and held and, like, used. So, like, any we can fix things, but we don't ever treat things as precious. Um, it was an amazing experience to go to the Jim Henson Creature Shop where they were working on the um, Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem walk-around suits, by the way, that yeah. you see in all the promos. That's the Henson Workshop right there. I got to see those in production. And then she handed me this. This is a bag of leftover Muppet fabric that I just got to take home. So there's like bits of big bird feathers in here. And like there's a thing in here that's like it has a label on it says Elmo's pajamas. Um, (laughs) So if you ever get the chance to tour the Henson Creature Shop in Queens, I highly recommend you do it. It was a life altering, uh, like pinch me, I'm dreaming thing like i it's the coolest thing i've done in new york in the 12 years that i've lived here um it being in new york it's it is like uh heavy heavier on the sesame street side of things right so at this time they had just wrapped filming sesame street for the season so they were cleaning Mm -hmm. a lot of the sesame street puppets and and repairing them but they were also preparing for a sesame street stage show so they were Mm -hmm. shipping some stuff out and making some things i did get to see the animatronic head of one of the coca-cola bears so that was cool (laughs) wow but yeah there wasn't a lot of like you know fozzy miss piggy kind of muppet there were boxes of them like in this there's like a storage stacks and there were boxes that are labeled like gonzo miss piggy accessories or something like that but a lot of it was geared towards sesame street when i was there this time yeah wow that's wild um that is wild there are like there's a stained glass window from like the old jim henson offices that had like burton ernie in stained glass on top and then the bottom pane is like frank and jim like under them puppeteering them all kinds of crazy stuff i'll send yeah. you some pictures you can put them in the show notes or something oh yeah sure um or on the discord or something yeah um yeah no that's that's awesome uh that's 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 really cool um i want to see all those pictures for sure um yeah so uh so the muppets um as nick alluded to uh this was born out of uh forgetting sarah marshall um which was of course produced by judd apatow and directed by nicholas stoller um 
one of the aspects of that movie is that, you know, Jason Siegel's character in the film is a, a music composer, but he wants to make a Dracula puppet show, um, a musical puppet show. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula musical puppet show. Um, it's like his dream project. And, um, you know, at one point I think he like, he like badly sings the Muppet show theme, uh, in the movie. Um, but yeah, so it was like obvious that the Muppets were like a big inspiration for this section. And when they were making the movie, they went to Jim Henson's Creature Shop to be like, hey, would you be interested in making the, the puppets for this? And, you know, obviously Jim Henson's Creature Shop is like, we're literally doing nothing but Sesame Street. That's it. No one wants us for anything else. So and the yes, please there. give us money and we will give you whatever you want. <laughs> so they make all of the Dracula puppets and everything for that for that show. And he builds that relationship with them and is talking to them about like, you know, why isn't there another Muppet movie? And, you know, they're they're like, we're owned by Disney now and Disney doesn't see the value in the Muppets. They don't think the kids are interested in them. And, you know, they, they only think of them as like a children's property. And... Um, they don't really get the Muppets. And he was like, that's a real shame. I wish somebody would make another Muppet movie like back in the day. And Nick Stoller like overheard this and was like, oh, man, I love the Muppets. And they just started like talking about the Muppets and what their dream version of a Muppet movie would be. And after Forgetting Sarah Marshall comes out and is a big hit, they go to Disney and they're like, we want to do the Muppets next. This is our pitch. Um, and they, you know, Disney was like, yeah, I mean, give it a shot. We'll, we'll, you know, write the script and we'll see how it goes. But like, you know, they just don't have any inkling of doing anything with the Muppets. So they're like, you know, yeah, go ahead, try it out. And I think the original, so the original script for this was called, uh, the greatest Muppet movie ever made exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, which was a riff on uh, the the Frank Oz, the long in development film, the cheapest Muppet movie ever made, um, which they had tried to make for years and years, decades, um, and never could get it off the ground. Uh, so they make this, and their thought process was like, wouldn't it be cool to get Frank Oz to direct this, like to come back out of Muppet retirement and direct this new Muppet movie and show everybody what's great about the Muppets? So they give the script to Frank Oz, and uh, Frank Oz hates this script. <laughs> um, the original version of this script, and he says it's disrespectful to the Muppets. And when you when you understand that the first draft of the script, while similar, had a lot of stuff in it that were like fundamental misunderstandings of of what the Muppets are and how they operate, because in the original script, Jason Siegel's character Gary. Um, was a ventriloquist who was a liar and was using uh, Walter as his ventriloquist dummy, but really he was a living Muppet and they just like had a deal where they were like, you know, working together. They were like friends and they were, you know, uh, doing this, like this whole thing where he was like acting like a puppet, but they're like, no, 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 Muppets don't act like puppets because they're not puppets, they're Muppets. Um, and, and, you know, just... This whole thing of like, you know, Fr Frank Oz being having to explain the philosophy of how the Muppets are supposed to operate to them. And so then they rewrote it and they made them like, you know, best friends and like brothers and that whole thing um, and changed all of it. But it was still at its core about Walter loving the Muppets, feeling like that's his destiny is to become a Muppet and uh, uh, going to Los Angeles to bring them all together again to put on a show. Um, also at the end of the movie in the original draft, um, the, uh, 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 Tex Richmond, um, was going to, 
uh, reveal himself to have been Kermit the whole time and was acting like a villain to bring the, the Muppets together. Um, to like create the impetus that would bring the Muppets together, which Frank Oz also hated. And yeah. was like, Kermit would never do that. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um oh, no. so yeah, so uh with a bunch with 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 all of Frank Oz's notes, they rewrote the whole thing. Frank Oz was like, I'm never gonna direct this movie. You don't need to come back to me. Um and uh they rewrote the movie with his notes though. And uh, presented this script to Disney. Disney loved it. Um, they sent them to Pixar, and the Pixar Brain Trust helped them like fine tune the script. Um, and uh, and and then they're we get pretty the, good the at that sort of thing, trip. aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> Those um, especially back in uh, 2010. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they uh, uh, they fine tune the script, and and we get the movie that we get. Um, at one point, Nicholas Stoller was thinking about directing it. Um, Ultimately, he decided to instead develop uh, the the five year engagement, um, which would also star uh, Jason Siegel, because he just felt like I don't know that I have the right sensibilities to direct this visually. We should get like a really like visual director, and so um, James Bobbin, uh, the director of Flight of the Concords, uh, came in and directed this film. Um, Brett McKenzie was brought in also from Flight of the Concords to write the music. Um, the first draft of all of the songs were rejected by the Jim Henson production because he kept making references to the fact that they were fucking puppets. Um, and <laughs> just because they, he just fundamentally did not understand what the Muppets were. Um, and again, they had to have this whole philosophical conversation about what makes a Muppet a Muppet. Um, and, uh, and then he had to rewrite all of the lyrics uh, to the songs. Um, but, uh, yeah, he wrote four of the original songs, um, and, uh, two of the other ones were written by, um, Jim Henson people, uh, including, um, the song that, uh, Kermit performs, uh, the, um, pictures in my head. Yeah. Pictures in my head. Uh, that was not a Brett McKenzie song. Um, it's actually one of my favorite songs in the movie too, uh, especially watching it through this time. Um, but it is man or Muppet. That wins uh, the Muppets their first Oscar since 1983, I think. I think they they got something or was nominated for something. Yeah, they nom they were nominated for an Oscar in '83, but didn't win anything. But this was like their last win since like 1981 or 80, 80 or 81, something like that, um, for a Great Muppet Caper. So yeah, um, crazy. Uh, but the thing that was that you know when this movie was released. The thing that was amazing about it was that, like, the Muppets were everywhere. Um, like, they were in, they were on wrestling. They did talk shows. Um, Kermit, I remember them hosting Monday Night Raw. That was a very yeah. weird episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kermit went to the red carpet premiere of, of um, uh, the fourth Pirates. Which one is that? On Stranger Tides? Yes. Yeah, he was at the red carpet premiere of On Stranger Tides. Like, he just attended the premiere and then was, like, interviewed, like, yeah, I've got a movie coming out, you know? That's, <laughs> it was just... that's the best Muppeting, when they just yes. show up places and you're like, it's they're just people. Uh, the Muppets are just people. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's it's the best. Um, <laughs> Walter, the new Muppet uh, that they introduced in this film, was played by Peter Linz. Um, Peter Linz uh, had a big, like, upgrade 
um, at this point. He had been with the Muppet Performer since 1991, um, mostly performing uh, uh, in like, you know, sort of like various Muppets roles. Sure. Um, you like know, a that tomato was he, or a book. Totally. That's how utility he would be stuff. And um, and then he had his big breakthrough as Winnie the Pooh in Book of Pooh, which I guess was like a puppet puppeteering kind of thing. So it was the first time he played a lead role. Um, and then uh, they were talking about, you know, who should play Walter, this the character in this script. And uh, they had a lot of like Muppet performers sort of audition for it and try it out. And um, he stepped in and gave it a shot. And they just they instantly fell in love with him and fell in love with his version of this character. Um, and uh, Walter is named after the first puppet that um, Jason Siegel ever owned as a child. Uh, and and so that's where Walter comes from. Um, there's a great interview with Walter where he talks about and it's again, it's that crazy Muppet thing where he talks about getting hired to do this movie. And he was like, yeah, uh, I, I play a character named Walter who's a big uh, Muppet fan and then uh, gets to join the Muppets. And it was like I was born to play this role because uh, my name's Walter and I'm a big Muppet fan uh, and, and got to join the Muppets. Uh, and so, you know, it's just this this crazy thing of, uh, of Walter. Walter a controversial figure in Muppet lore. Um, a lot of Muppet people do not like Walter. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I assume it has something to do with him just being so earnest and not really having like a comedy thing. Um, he doesn't have a like gimmick. To. Yeah, he doesn't have a gimmick. His gimmick is whistling. He's like a really he's like a, a person too. That's the other weird yeah. thing is he's like the only like aside from you know the dancers and a couple other you know ra- like crazy hairy or whatever like he's like a human right which is the a swedish chef swedish is a human. Chef. has a yeah. gimmick though like that's that's i like walter and i like that walter is sort of like stuck around it's nice to have a new muppet you know mm-hmm. new 15 years old at this point or whatever but um <laughs> i can i can see where people are coming from i would dare i say the words uh mary sue is that am i using that correctly Sort of it would be Gary it's Sue. Gary technically. It's funny <laughs> yeah. you say that, Tofty, because it does kind of remind me of like the Ray Skywalker problem, where mm-hmm. just like anytime there's like a new character that all of the old people are like, "Hey, Walter, you're really cool. I'm gonna shake your hand. I respect you. You're yeah. in the Muppets now." There's this like subconscious like Walter's not so great. Yeah, yeah. Walter does, he doesn't <laughs> deserve this. Walter's a Mary Sue. You know who deserves yeah, this? I a- deserve this. Walter doesn't deserve this. Everybody sure- knows in order to right. be part of like the regular Muppet crew, you got to start as a background Muppet. You got to <laughs> move into one liners and then you get maybe you get your own sketch. Is he um, even part of the Muppet union? I don't think so. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So uh, Walter, a little bit of a controversial figure, also controversial um, in the uh, making of this movie is those goddamn fart shoes, um, which everyone, <laughs> everyone at the Jim Henson production was like, don't do this, please. The fart, it's too lowbrow. That is not the Muppets. Get the fart shoes out of here. Fozzie would never find that funny. And, uh, and they just, they did it anyway. And you know what? I got to admit, when they're all walking out of the theater dejected and the fart shoes are going off, it's great. I don't, I don't. Like... And it's, it's, but it's because, and I know we're jumping ahead in the movie, but it's because they set it up that they are to be hated. Like, yes, it's the way they set it up in the movie was brilliant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then finally, just a fun cameo that didn't happen that I just, I just love in their effort to find a host 
for the telethon. Um, one of the pe- one of the famous people they go to uh, after Kermit is rejected as the host by Rashida Jones for not being famous enough. Um, she was she suggests that they go go visit. She's like, I know somebody who's really famous that would be a great host, and then she sends them to Elmo, <laughs> and. And Elmo, they ask Elmo if he would be uh, willing to host and Elmo's lawyers get in their way and is like, you you don't talk to Elmo. Elmo (laughs) is way too famous to be doing this. He's too busy. Get out of here. Um, And that cameo was uh, rejected out of hand by the Sesame Street workshop. Um, They were like, no, that's not. Elmo wouldn't have lawyers. uh, And uh, he's not going to be in this. And Disney was like, we're not paying for that cameo. So because they don't own Elmo. So they would have to pay PBS or whatever um, for the use of Elmo. And they're like, we're not doing it. And so it got canceled. But it's that's a really funny gag. Uh, I'm I'm glad Elmo's more famous than Kermit. Um, and would be would be a better host than Kermit would be. And two, just the fact that like Elmo is so famous that he has like lawyers stepping in for him. And that stuff feels is really funny. That feels <laughs> like a Family Guy gag to me. And I have to say, I think it was the right move to cut that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's objectively maybe, but it just, hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be dependent on like what Elmo was like in the situation. Because if like Elmo was kept being like, oh. I don't know like you know like <laughs> i i think it'd be okay and and the lawyers are like no elmo you don't understand <laughs> you can't do this elmo has you know? to like elmo has to go feed his fish and then while he's off screen the lawyers are like oh no no we can't do it yeah yeah and, you know and as we know like elmo does have a mean streak you know i mean that that there was that that uh, clip that went viral from sesame street about the rock uh, about when, the rock yeah rocco the rock when when did the uh the Kevin Clash allegations hit. Was that right around this time too? I don't know exactly when that happened. That might have also been a really good dodged bullet there. Yeah. I don't know what the date on those were. Yeah, I don't remember. Um I know that he, but he doesn't uh that was twenty twelve, so it was a, it was it was after this. Right. Okay. Um that it happened. But um yeah, he's not. Uh, he's also not featured in this movie. He turned down uh, playing any of his Muppet characters. Yeah. Um, in this movie, but uh, yeah, um, this is like the first time that like I think Dave, Dave Goals is like the only. And this was uh, classic Muppet performer that is in this movie. This is still Steve uh, Whitmire in this one on Kermit. And yeah, a bunch of before he got let go weirdly. Right, he got let yeah. go post ABC show. Right. Um. Yeah, so that was like yeah, and it's it's I think he was it's ago. noticeable to me that there is a very distinct way of Dave Goltz performing, like just the the ease with the character and the dialogue versus mm-hmm. like all the other Muppets. I know, like as soon as I watched it this morning, and as soon as Gonzo jumps on screen, it's just like, oh, that's the same, exactly the same character that it's always been every single yeah. time. And yeah. it's yeah, with some of the other ones. At he's at he's always stuck through. He really has yeah. always stuck through. I think that like in general they do a really good job. But I mean, it's the difference between somebody who's been doing it for like <laughs> you know fifty years. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Versus versus everybody and, else. And I'll yeah. say this: like the puppeteering itself. Like there are moments in in the movie when Kermit is that that look when he's like you kidnap Jack Black and like his eyes go back in and said like the the actual physical i'm moving my hand like people can see it but the actual physical puppeteering is still 
amazing and top notch from everyone. There's right. there's just something about I don't know if it's the way it's it it feels different. It's like it's like a, a centimeter off. It's not like an inch off, but it's there is a like a tangible something that is a little bit different sure. than than what you want it to be, but For not sure. enough to make a you know to cry about it. Right, just enough right. to talk well, about I mean, it I on a podcast at the end of this movie. So. Well, that's a different um. kind of crying. <laughs> um, it's good. Cry. All shot on location in Los Angeles, and now being a native Angelino man. This was weird. Watching this movie was yeah, weird. Um sure. like like 90% of this movie takes place on either side of my street. Um <laughs> like 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 Hollywood Boulevard is a block away to my right and the G- the Jim Henson studio is a block away on my left. Um and it's just like that's where like the majority of the movie takes place. And like, like Pink's is over there by the Jim Henson studio. Um, all of the backlot stuff is on uh, the Warner Brothers lot, which I've seen a billion times uh, doing like tours and stuff. So it's just wild. Uh, it was just wild watching this and being like, wow. And like the Mel's that uh, Amy Adams sings her song at is the Mel's that's like down again a block away from me. It's so crazy. Um, but they but, went to yeah. France. <laughs> Did they though? They, um, <laughs> so they traveled by map. <laughs> that's true. You're right. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Were you were you feeling the same thing, uh, Nick? Because you have yeah. have you watched this since you moved to Los Angeles? No, definitely not. Um, yeah. I uh, lo- love the car two billboard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> every time immediately dates it. Yeah, um, but it kind of it's funny because like going back to the. Um, the kind of meta narrative of the Muppets that we talked about last week as well with Becca of like, that's technically the only part of the Muppets that are canon is Kermit showing up at the Pirates of the Caribbean premiere. Mm-hmm. Like that's re- it, it, the only thing I can really compare it to is like Santa Claus. Yeah. Where we all just kind of have this unwritten thing as a society that like Kermit is real. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is not a puppet. He is right. a real person that can come on the Kelly Clarkson show uh-huh. and is like you know worked with Steve Martin and like even like this movie like watching this where they're like whoa the Muppet Theater it's really here wow the Muppet like they made the Muppet Show in England right I know <laughs> but canon but yeah so like canonically that was in England but here in the movie in the world like, of this Hollywood. movie yeah yeah right and like so even okay. even this isn't like reality right and like they're playing a character. Right. Like they're all kind of like, well, what if we broke up? What in a world where we became estranged? You yeah, know? where Kermit is like, like, yeah, we actually filmed, uh, we filmed the Muppet Show back in England, but uh, in this movie, uh, it's we're we're pretending it's the El Capitan, uh, you know, you know whatever, I really like that theater and Disney, yeah, owns yeah. It, so I don't want to go to, we don't, you know, we're not going to go <laughs> <Yeah>. to London. <laughs> it's so great. I love that. I love that. Uh, it's like one of my favorite aspects of the Muppets is that the, none of the movies are canon. I just love that. <laughs> is there like a Muppets cinematic universe out there that people talk like? Is that a thing? Like, if you were to like visualize the 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 like order of operations of what Muppet movies happen with, like, there's the Muppets that exist in real world, but then there's all the media that the Muppets have created. Like, right. has anyone figured out exactly like? Is that am I is is it a thing? Well, no. I mean, like we've been talking about this of like you know in a in a better world, if I ran Hollywood, like Dave Chappelle's character and You've Got Mail would be played by Fozzie Bear, uh-huh. <laughs> and just but he wouldn't be credited as Fozzie Bear. He would be credited as like the character Dave Chappelle played. But like in the world 
like they cast Fozzie to play that role. Right. And like right. that's he but he in real life he's Fozzie. Yeah. Like those are the rules. <laughs> Where you're just like you're trying to cast your new movie and you're like, ah, you know who'd be great at great. this? Fozzie. Sam the Eagle. He'd Sam be amazing. He'd be amazing as this. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this. <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> and I mean, essentially, that's what started happening. Oh, let's make Wizard of Oz. Let's see. Who can we cast in this, right? Let's make right, Treasure right. Island. How can we cast? That's basically kind of what happened. Right. Um, it, we have but it both but, ways. It, but they're still like relegated to like Muppet movies. Right. You know, as opposed to just like being an actor that you just put in a movie. Like, <laughs> no, like, oh. Sa- like Sam the Eagle could have been an heir. Who's, like he's, he's that good. Who's got the <laughs> right. balls to do it? Who's going to be the director that's uh, just like, okay, we're doing John Wick 6, except <laughs> yes. this time the bad guy is played by Pepe Lepron. You know, yeah. it's unfortunate because the, the only person I can think of in 2023 time of recording is like Christopher Nolan. Like if Christopher Nolan <laughs> dead ass looked at Universal and he was like, at Los Alamos, there's going to be one Muppet on the team. <laughs> one of the scientists is going to be a Muppet, an Oppenheimer. Yes. No one's going to Mo- say anything about it. It's just he's an actor. Yeah. My money well, well, penny is going to be Janice. Um, yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, your Muppets James Bond. Oh my God. Oh, you just blew my mind. For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. so, it is interesting though. Like there's this kind of like inherent conundrum or fallacy of the movie where it is this like big sappy romantic love letter to like classic Muppets. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, the Muppet show in the first three movies. And yet consistently the people still a part of that. And Jim Henson studios are like, this is wrong. You got this wrong. Yeah. Like Frank Oz is like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like, though, it, it, oh, okay. So I will say though, that after the movie came out and Frank Oz finally watched it, he was like, all right. I mean, that was pretty good. Like he, he did come back around on the movie um, okay. after finally seeing it. Uh, he just thought they were making that first script that he had read, which he did not like. And uh, I'm glad he got they to took have his notes to heart the way that they did. Glad they got to have his fingerprints on it in some way, because I feel like mm-hmm. there it's it is a hard thing to, like, be authentic with the Muppets if you're not part of that original or not don't have some tie to that original team. Like, look how easy it was. They could have had they not gone to Frank Oz. Like, what would this have been? Like right. one person's voice changed the entire script. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Oz, uh, after the film's release and he had seen the film, he said, uh, uh, quote, I thought the film was really sweet and fun, a little too safe, a little retro. I prefer more cutting edge in the Muppets. But the main thing is everybody got back to appreciating the Muppets. It brought people back to the Muppets. Although they never really left, it's always been kind of a subculture. It's always been there in our popular culture a little bit. So I'm happy that people are happy. That's, Um, that's the thing. The safe. Yeah. That's. I think he he hit on the head what I am am was feeling and couldn't articulate. The Muppets have been really safe for a long time, and when yeah. it was Henson doing it, there was always a just a, the tiniest bit of like risque involved. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's the Disney of it all, right? Sure, I mean, that's what happens when you sell anything to Disney. Is it they're gonna they're going to uh uh you know. Uh, protect their investment by making every iteration as safe as possible They're right going to take any and it's risks. it's also when jim henson would you know whip out kermit on the arsenio hall show at you know 11 o'clock on a thursday in 1990 like he can determine where the line is he's jim henson no one else has that ability to determine where the line is and whether or not you can cross it anymore playing any of mm-hmm. these characters except maybe dave Golds. that's very that's very true very true 
Uh, all right, Nick, you want to take us through this thing? Yes. Uh, it's crazy. I Every time I hear me and Julio down by the schoolyard, it always sounds like a euphemism for something. <laughs> yeah, it does. You're right. Like... You, uh, gentlemen, excuse me. I got to go see me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Yeah. I got to take a wicked Julio. I think it's funny that, like, instantly this movie has two connections to two of our other miniseries, but they're both the times that we did franchises as directors. So, obviously, Judd Apatow, but Julio down by the schoolyard brings us back to Wes Anderson as well. Yeah. Very memorably in Royal Tenenbaums. Exactly. Exactly. So, I just thought, I thought that was funny. I was like, that's weird that those are the two franchises that this ends up connecting to. Absolutely. Uh, Muppet Royal Tenenbaums could also work. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Sam the Eagle is Royal Tenenbaum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although, although... I think he would be one of those, you know, we talked about this last week of like people who treat Muppets as, uh, right. as other performers yes. versus like becomes just puppets. A Muppet. Yeah, becomes a Muppet. I mean, that talk about a guy who would treat them as performers. Oh, Gene that, Hackman? Yeah, Gene Hackman. Yeah. Did he ever host the Muppet show? I don't think so. Oh, I don't my think God. So. Yeah, he should have, though. So uh, we meet Walter and Gary playing in the 70s, their brothers. And it is so, again, like for going back to watching this as a whole, like we've been doing on the show, the first Muppet movie to open with like, not the Muppets. Yeah. Like here are two different people that aren't Muppets and here's their story. And like, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Whoa, it's kind of, it's jarring at first to like zoom away and think about for the first time, there being Muppets who aren't Muppets and like what their lives are like. Um, Right. And it's, you know, inherently kind of zany. Like, I don't care where Pee Wee Herman came from, you know, but <laughs> sure. it, it, it is it is interesting food for thought. God, did Pee Wee Herman ever interact with the Muppets or did everyone just collectively decide that's too much? No, that's, it's too silly. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> we couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, they so Gary and uh, Walter grew up together and just like, yeah, the joke of. Like, as Jason Siegel is growing, Walter is staying the same size. Uh, but what gives Walter some sense of, like, representation growing up as a kid, feeling kind of lonely and out of step and unlike anyone else in small town USA or wherever they grew up, is The Muppet Show. They come home from a theme park because Walter is too small to ride on a roller coaster and Gary being a good brother is like, ah, you know, let's, let's go home. And they watch the Muppet show. And like so many people we've talked about on the show, including guests on this show, Walter saw the Muppets and saw himself. Mm -hmm. He was like, this is my tribe. These are my people. This is who I am. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Just to answer my own question, uh, the Pee Wee has interacted with the Muppets once before. Uh, They did a photo shoot together for Muppet Magazine in winter of 1982. So interesting. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool if they had like, you know, wanted the wanted One Direction style beef. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't yeah, know and then what the I hell guess that in means. Another, in another issue of that same magazine, Kermit um, dressed up like um, uh, Pee Wee and did the uh, tequila dance on the bar with a bunch oh. of like biker pigs um, around him. That's fun. Uh, yeah. So a, that's a fan. That's. That's about it. They, they, they I, it seems that they respect each other, uh, but they don't uh, uh, quite mingle so much as as artists. That's kind of cool. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I was going to say Bob Bob Dylan and the Beatles, but I think they, they were pretty social. Uh-huh. Uh, we get a banger right out of the gate with Life's a Happy Song. 
terrific work by Brett McKenzie all around. I actually think this is my personal favorite song in the movie. No disrespect to Man or Muppet. Yeah, um, it it's is great. mine as well. I know this. I know ev- I know this song by heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they like- split it up too, and had like they bring it back around at the end of the song is I just, it's fantastic. They do this whole big story sequence of like, blah, 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 blah. He goes and sees Mary and then comes back. And it's like, we get a reprise of it. Like it's, it's just, it's Broadway. It's so good. And it's interesting because uh, it doesn't happen as much as you would think in Muppet movies. There aren't like diegetic, like musical numbers. Mm -hmm. Like I guess like Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island has musical numbers, but like, they didn't really do this in the first couple of months. I guess Muppet, uh, Great Muppet Caper, they were like straight, legit musical numbers. Yeah, the well, they, and they had that one, um, the We're Making a Movie um, opening number that is kind of similar to this. Right. Where they're, they're like walking through the back lot and like everybody's singing and everything. Um, Jason Siegel gives a terrific performance in this. Yeah. yeah. He's he's great. I mean, you know, what could be a vanity project, He he just kind of really fits into this world like a glove same with amy adams of course who like i I argue that this is amy adams best performance i i i love her in this um uh just because she's so different than she normally is and everything else that she does where she's a little um uh oscar oscar chasing kind of vibes um in most of the other stuff you've seen enchanted right Oh yeah, I guess there is Enchanted too. Yeah, I've I've seen Enchanted like once, and I didn't okay. see the sequel. But yeah. I love Enchanted, so I yeah. guess this is kind of just like watching her do what she did in Enchanted. I guess fair enough. Fair. And enough. I'm like, God, yeah. Amy Adams, what a concept. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So great. Um, she did Lois Lane after this, and I don't particularly care for that. Um, sure. I think that I think I just have a grudge because I really don't like your <laughs> Lois Lane. <laughs> if we're done whipping our dicks out, boys, I'm ready to do Lois Lane stuff. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I love I love the joke of her fixing the car in the classroom. Mm-hmm. A that lot was, of that's such a great gag. That's so funny. There's a lot of really great little visual gags, and and like that one, the part where she's like singing to herself by the window, and it's the gardener. Like to me, that's yeah, like classic yeah, like Mel Brooksy Muppets kind of like that's the 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 sticky stuff that I really yeah like. for sure. Uh, uh, so life's good. a fillet of fish beat. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Well, life's <laughs> <happy>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah. Okay. So the cameos in this are like fast and loose. Tofty, we talked about how in Muppets from Space, the, the, the cameos are kind of awkward and chaotic and weird. Isn't Hulk um, Hogan in that one? He is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. NWO air Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood Hogan. Not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> and, um, like in this, in Life is a Happy Song, out of the, out of the, out of nowhere, and I'm not complaining, but we get, uh, Feist, who, at the time, her Sesame Street version of one, two, three, four was really popular on YouTube. Hmm. Um, which that's the closest thing into like, why did they get feist? Like, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Mickey Rooney, of course, RIP. Yeah. Yeah, the uh there's this funny story where um the uh the choreographer um kept referring to Mickey Rooney as dad. And at one and in in, uh, Nicholas Stoller, it was either Nicholas Stoller or Jason Siegel overheard this and then like took him aside and was like, what are you doing? Like, don't don't call him dad. That's so weird and unprofessional. And he was like, he's literally my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And like they didn't even realize that like they had hired like father and son uh, to work on this movie. Um, But yeah, that's delightful. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Younger folks who might be listening to this. I just can't say this enough. If you're watching 
the Muppets ever, and you're like, wow, it's really cool that they got Mickey Rooney like right before he died. He died like he like he lived ten years after this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was one of those guys that just was like, I'm never dying. <laughs> Can't Eat kill shit, me. Death. <laughs> Eat shit, death. <laughs> uh. Anytime I try to do Mickey Rooney, I can only do Dana Carvey doing Mickey Rooney. Oh, yeah. Fair That's enough. how I am with most impressions. <laughs> sure. I just do a really good uh, Dana Carvey. That's all. Um, and speaking of, you know, beloved actors who are no longer with us, they do travel to Los Angeles, which Mary's always wanted to see, which I don't know. I guess living here, I just find kind of funny. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always wanted to see. Oh, I love. Can you hear the police sirens whenever they're in the in the background in L.A.? Yes. There's like gunshots. and <laughs> Yes. I get um, that with New York movies sometimes. Now that I live here, you know, you, like, oh, hey, I know that place, or that's my grocery store that I shop at. But the for whole, sure, I still have that like, wow, New York thing. So I get it. I get, I get where her character comes. Like, I've always wanted to go to L.A. Like, right. It kind of takes the track one of 1989 away from it when you've been there for so long. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they go to Muppet Studios. It's decrepit and like dilapidated, and it's run by Alan Arkin. <laughs> and it, it was great i w- between mickey rooney and then alan Ark- arkin like back to back almost i was like oh man how many dead people are going to be in this movie? <laughs> is this the universal right. studios it's yes. like uh, yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh what is what does he say it's like you know it's all it's a pretty uh here's kermit's office is actually pretty good you, you should, should see, see it sometime, sometime. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best part of the tour you should see it sometimes just the delivery anyway. like i love ah it's so good the little tiny cameos and they're just so well written and so well performed it makes me yeah. angry they're so good i can't explain so, that feeling but that's my feeling there, there's like two camps of cameos in this movie there's here's who the muppets would fuck with now that it's we're in like 2011 we're like uh-huh. who is the equivalent so like jack black feist Rashida Jones, you know, like Christian. Like, okay, Grohl. that kind of you could imagine all of these people being on the Muppet Show mm-hmm. if that was still a thing. And then I think there's people like Mickey Rooney or Alan Arkin where it's like <clears throat> I can't believe they've never been in a Muppet movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, you know, I it, it's way later, but I think my favorite cameo is Neil Patrick Harris at being on the phone and being like, "No, I don't know why I'm I'm not hosting this." <laughs> It's just, it's like, it's like, yeah, no, that's absolutely. He would absolutely host the Muppet Show now, and it is weird that he's not the one right. that's hosting. He's this. He, he's absolutely one of those people we're talking about with Becca last week. Where yeah, like, you just see him, you imagine him next to Fozzie or Kermit or Miss Piggy, and it just like feels right. Right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I I nearly jumped out of my seat in the theater when the kid from Modern Family was like, "Are you <laughs> yeah. one of the Ninja Turtles?" I was like. Worlds wow. together. Worlds. They, they did it. it. They did the thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes I, I am. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, speaking of, of Kermit, um, Walter breaks into Kermit's office and it's kind of cool. It's it's cool. There's like you could see um, just photos of him. I think there's an Easter egg of him with Jim Henson, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which is lovely. And um, but Walter's uh, trip is interrupted when he hears people coming into the office. He hides under the desk. And it's Bobo the Bear with a suit. Love it. Love it. Mm. Uh, the best thing they could carry over from Muppets from Space, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Uncle Deadly, who I feel like we've barely talked about this series. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like his like most prominent appearance, right? I don't remember and where he originated. Muppets Tonight. Was it Muppets Tonight? Yeah. Okay. 
God, he so seems like someone who's been around since the beginning. The yeah. only thing that gets me is his. The, it's such a well crafted puppet that I'm like, oh, he's definitely a newer one. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I feel like he really took off after this movie because I know he's in the show a lot, the ABC show. He was in the ABC show a lot, but he also did a lot of like interview, like press when they would send the Muppets out and do like I the remember. View or whatever, yeah. like that. It's like Pepe. It was Uncle. Di- they got a lot of these sort of like B level Muppets to go out and do that. Right. Oh, like, my mistake. We- he was in the original show. His first appearance was in the episode that Vincent Price hosted. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, then that, that, that shoots that my whole theory to shit. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yo, it's a great looking puppet. It is. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fine looking puppet you've got there. <laughs> uh, and they work for Tex Richmond, played <sighs> by the legend Chris Cooper. And God, what a performance. Yeah. This, I, I, I'm going to be that guy. This is the one part of this movie that I cringe at every single time. Is oh. the, I love the commitment to the character. I just I don't think it was the right guy. I I really don't. Oh, it's interesting. I I'll just never forget when the first time you're watching this movie and you don't know what his deal is. Yeah, which is like he is unable to laugh. Just the first time you hear like maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. I like. There's tons of times when you're watching a movie, you're like, "Am I high?" Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, is this really happening? Did Chris Cooper really do that? Yeah. And I guess I just admire his commitment to the bit. Did, um, does that... Like, we'll talk, sorry, go ahead, Nick. No, please. No, no, no. Because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the rap later. I was going to ask, yeah. like, do they mention, other than way at the end of the movie, why he does that? Is there a scene that got cut or something? Did I miss yeah, something? Yeah, it, it's a verse from his rap is is cut um, in which he... He says that um, the reason he hates the Muppets is because he had a birthday party, invited all of his friends over. They watched the Muppet show. They were all laughing, but he couldn't because he can't physically cannot laugh. And they all made fun of him because they he wasn't laughing at the Muppets. And so he, now he hates the Muppets and wants to like tear down their theater. They cut that um, whole thing out of the movie. Yes. I feel uh, like that would have changed so much for me. <laughs> Th- yeah. Thank you, Scott, for mentioning that because you you've revealed the only reason I know that yeah. and just act as if that is something everyone knows is because they put that verse back into the soundtrack version of the uh, song. Right, right, yes. And then at the end of the movie, they reference it when he gets right. hit with the bowling ball. Um, and he's like, he can laugh again. And it's like, I that, we didn't know that he couldn't. <laughs> that feels like a huge oversight in the editing process. Like somebody made yeah. a mistake there. <laughs> um, it is not, not to preview next week's episode, but it mm-hmm. is not the first time that there are really <laughs> weird but interesting continuity errors between the soundtrack version and the movie that was released. Yeah. I I I do think that the rap again not to talk about the rap before it happens, <laughs> but I but we're already talking about Chris Cooper and it's kind of, of a course. big part. Yeah, you know? yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um but like I think that in test screenings my understanding is they were like we have to have this in this. But <laughs> People hate this in the test screening. It's too cringe. They don't like seeing Chris Cooper rap. They don't like seeing him act like a rapper. No one thinks this is funny. They're all just like very uncomfortable. So we need to trim this down to the bare minimum. I think in the final movie, his rap is like 45 seconds or something like that. It's one verse and the chorus twice. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's why it was trimmed down was because it was like they, the note from the test screening is just like, nobody liked this. 
Um, <laughs> don't. This is a bad idea. Raising my hand, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that meme, Scott? You mentioned uh, nobody liked that. Yeah, nobody liked that. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So uh, this was cool. Like, so uh, also there are Statler and Waldorf, who I think are the closest to what uh, you guys have been talking about. Where like there's something a little off about them. Yep. Yep. I yeah. mean, they're too uh, part of the plot. You know, right? Like, like I've never heard them talk that much. Yeah, the, the, their whole point is that they are uh, they are uh, metatextual observers. Like that is they're not supposed to be part of the story unless they're playing a character like in uh, Christmas Carol, right? Um, <laughs> Jacob and Robert Marley. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so uh, they they bring out the contract, the rich and famous contract that they signed with Orson Welles in the Muppet movie, mm-hmm. and. It includes a caveat that um, they're – oh, it also includes the deed to the Muppet uh, Theater. And it turns out there's oil under the theater. Yeah. And so he's going to, like, tear down the theater to drill for oil because he's Tex Richmond. Right. And Walter screams for four hours. <laughs> Which is Great. so funny – the idea that there would be oil under anything in Los Angeles is yeah. so funny to me. Oh, no, there's a great joke in the movie. Where he was like, my gut tells me that there is oil under that theater. And then they're like, okay. Like, More importantly, I hired a geologist and he told me that there's under- <laughs> oil under there. And like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, Walter's, Walter's screaming is funny. And I guess, you know, to in Walter's defense, like uh, – because, uh, you know, I, I think even a, a better description or better comparison for Walter is Lola Bunny in Space Jam. Yes. Perfect. Perfect comparison. Yes. And I in this in Walter's defense, I think I don't think this movie is afraid of him being like funny and right. like, oh, my God, because he made. Uh, well, OK, so they go looking for Kermit. They're driving all around. You know, oh, we have to find Kermit until Kermit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary's like, oh, maybe it's his house with the Kermit shaped yeah. fence. Right. <laughs> and uh, Jason Siegel throws. Walter and it's an electric fence. Right. She says, uh, she says, I think that's an electric fence. <laughs> and like, one of my favorite Walter line deliveries of all time, she he just turns to her and goes, Mary, it's Kermit. <laughs> it's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and then he, they throw him, he gets electrocuted and he lands and he's all charred up. And he just turns to Gary and he goes, Throw me again. <laughs> yeah. Does he correct me if I'm wrong? When he gets electrocuted, do we see Muppet skeleton? I think yes. we do see a Muppet skeleton, yeah, yes, which is great. Definitely. Thank you for not um, doing like a forearm and a wrist skeleton. Under the- <laughs> that would be a great joke, but yeah, you're right. But again, that's one of those things. Frank Oz would be like, but there's not really an arm in there. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, Kermit. And he's interesting in this movie because it, it brings me back to the, what we were talking about last week, which is like Kermit, the protagonist, the main character, versus Kermit, the like Megatron <laughs> Uh, like guardian paternal right. figure, right? And because, right. but they this movie does give him a lot to do. Yes, and he does have a, like an arc and uh, like problems. I think they find a really good balance for him in this one. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, cool moment. Oh, oh go please. ahead. Nah, I'll bring it up later. Uh, <laughs> Walter passes out, and then when he wakes up, he's like, "Where am I?" And Jason Segel's like, "Okay, this is awesome, but <laughs> we're in Kermit the Frog's house." And uh, we get Kermit's sexy study. Yeah. Bachelor pad. Bachelor lily yeah. pad. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. He's got like a, a framed covers of him on GQ and Esquire on the walls. Yeah. Did we do research? Are these real 
covers of magazines? Because I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I, I have I no idea because uh, we're not doing a movies by minute podcast, and so I don't have time <laughs> oh, yeah, to look up right. those kinds of details. Wait, I forgot what we're doing here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, who are you people? You know, Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they tell Kermit about Tex Richmond's evil plot, and uh, oh, there's a thing that Statler and Waldorf said that uh, the only way they can save them up at theater is if they raise ten million dollars in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and before, so before the contract runs out on yes. midnight in like two days or three yes. days or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks, Scott. And uh, then Kermit's like, well, the only way to do that would be to put on a show. And I haven't seen the old gang in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And going back to like me watching this after 12 years, um, maybe this is just me getting older. But at the time, I was like, wow, it's so sad. They haven't seen each other in <laughs> so long. And now it's like 19, that 12 years is not a long time. Uh, well, it's a pretty long time. Twelve years I don't is a pretty long time. But also, also like, especially come, they come were down. living in a house together the last time we saw them. <laughs> but also, they've literally been in boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, this um, is that thing again. Well, where, as an audience, we're just going, "Oh, these are real people." And that line was one of the ones I cried at. I haven't seen the game. And the way that whole scene is shot is just mm-hmm. dripping with like weird nostalgic tension, and I tear up during it. Of course, they haven't seen each other. They're puppets, but it's like you treat them like such real beloved yeah. characters. Oh, it's so. Right. But it is. It, it just. But going back to what Frank Oz said, that the quote where you were like, "Yeah, I guess they've been somewhat out of, but not really. I mean, they've always been like doing commercials, right. and mm-hmm. like showing up on Dancing with the Stars, mm-hmm. and like doing like credit card commercials, mm-hmm. and like." ABC or they'll be at the Macy's parade. So it is kind of like, and going back to like that, what you said about them all living in a house. Yeah. What, but that's not Canon. That's just a movie. That's true. You're right. (laughs) And so the, what get, what the, like in this movie, when I watch it, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. It's in a world where they really haven't done anything since whatever, 1990, whatever. Because like me, I'm like, I feel like I just saw the Muppets (laughs) on <clears throat> on like American Idol or something. Yeah. So so here's the weird thing. So okay. we're talking about canon, right? And sure. I think that the reason that so many Jim Henson people have a problem with this movie is because it breaks the canon a little bit because it is a movie, right, about the Muppets and it's not real. It's not canon. But the Muppet Show is canon. Because the Muppet Show stars the actual pe- the actual Muppets, and they're in they're in a sketch comedy show, in a variety show, right? But they go backstage, and those are the real Muppets. They're not playing characters, right? Right. And yeah. so the fact that the Muppet Show is part of this movie, but the movie isn't canon, is like this weird snake eating its own tail thing that sort of breaks the continuity a little bit. I've- I kind of just look at it like this is the end. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I've yeah. never thought this hard about anything in my life. <laughs> yes. And I listened to weird. all three seasons of your Back to the Future show. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pictures in my head, it's great. Like, you know, Steve oh, Whitmire's great. It's a cool way to, like, show you the Muppets early. Because mm-hmm. it is crazy that the movie goes this long and we haven't seen, like, Piggy, Fozzie, well, you know. We got them for a second when they in, in, uh, in his dream when right. they all come out right. of the TV. Right, um, right. That's like they're they're like okay, we're, you're not going to see these guys for a while, so let's get them all out now. Yeah, here so they all are. 
is pictures in my head. I, I, I'm having trouble. I don't know if I fell asleep during this scene when I was watching it or what. Is this the one where you cried and then you fell asleep? I did. It's, <laughs> it takes a lot out of me. I actually watched part of it last night and then finished it this morning, so I might have missed oh, a chunk in the middle. Okay, um, gotcha. I was dealing with COVID this weekend. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's fine. Um, but it's the one where you're starting to see clips from the actual Muppet Show, right? So like. Is that this scene where there where Kermit's? No, this is when he's walking. Kermit's walking down the hallway with all the portraits. Oh, the portraits oh. are coming to life. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Now I'm with you. Yeah. And then you know after that song, he's like, "Okay, like we have to do this." And yeah. and they're like, "I well, miss how- these knuckleheads." I miss these knuckleheads. <laughs> and Gary and Mary and Walter are like, "Well, how are we going to get them all back?" And Walt and Kermit's like, "Didn't you see our first movie? We drive." Uh, you guys have fantastic Kermit impressions, by the way. Let's, <laughs> oh, I don't want to understate this. They're quite good. Appreciate it. I, I, speaking of, we haven't even talked about my favorite new Muppet, which is 80s Robot, which is the funniest goddamn thing in the entire movie. It's so good. Him just like wandering away with his, <laughs> with his tab and being yeah. like, gag me with a spoon. <laughs> it's so funny. And pronouncing modem modem. Um, yeah. it's, it's a oh, Rocky man. joke, right? It's a yes. Rocky Four joke. One thousand percent, yes. Yeah, it's, just uh, making sure. <laughs> it's sad that the, another another franchiseography season. That's true. Oh, another connection. There we go. It's sad to think of like that's been his only companion for like twelve years. <laughs> what happened to his nephew? Died. No one knows. <laughs> Robin. Um, oh no. Yeah, Robin. Robin went with Skeeter wherever she is. Aww. You see, like a tiny wooden case with an American flag oh, on the mantelpiece. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Robin got drafted in Nam. Yeah. So oh, yeah. horrifying. I would have loved Robin to just have an aside with Kermit, be like, "Wow, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen you in so long." And Kermit's like, "Yeah, Robin, like blah blah blah," and then like Robin just saying, uh, "Like." Can I ask you a question, Uncle Kermit? <laughs> sure. Am I ever going to grow up? <laughs> Who's my mom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because oh, it's man. been 12 years and he's like still a tadpole or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, baby, really pe- baby, baby Kermit. Baby yeah. frog. They haven't been able to find anything to equal Tiny Tim for him. No. In the year since. I mean, it's hard to top no. that. That's uh, quite good. the final line of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. So they're driving around. Their first stop is Reno, where Fozzie is. He has been uh, living and working. I guess you don't know that he's living there, but at a at a casino, Pachula. at a hotel. I'm sorry. I said in Pachula. Was that what it was? The Pachula. Pachula? That's it. Was oh, was the name of the hotel was like the Pachula, the Pachula Casino, something yeah. like that. Uh, mm. And we meet the Muppets, uh, a horrible group of uh rotten muppets that uh are dressed like the muppets and dave Grohl's animal my favorite cameo of the movie yeah tofty's doppelganger my doppelganger and then this led later to the dave Grohl animal drum battle on abc's the muppets which i still show my students to this day that's the best (laughs) that's great underrated show dave Grohl Uh, and i should just be friends for everyone listening just, just putting it out there you know what i agree and animal. All three of us should hang out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got to say, so like, you know, after the, the so they, they seemed like the horrible Rainbow Connection jingle about the hotel rooms and the the weddings. You can get, yeah, you get married without a license. Yeah. To the tune of Rainbow Connection. No marriage certificate yes. required. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And um, Truly Casino. <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> it is. It's very sad. And Fozzie is such an incredible Muppet because he's so funny to see in dire straits. Yes. But like my like when it starts to rain and he's like, ah, ah you know, gr- grab the pillows. Like my heart genuinely kind of broke a little bit. Yeah. The bit like the bit of walking out the 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 right, door yeah. and they just have like this the what the hell is the word green room uh, uh dressing room the dressing yeah, room yeah. door with his name engraved above it and then they're literally in an alley is just again <laughs> yeah. all-time classic i i also i think that this scene features the best acting that kermit has in the movie which is like the slow realization he has that they're 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 covering rainbow connection <laughs> just yeah. you just see on his face where he's just like it's just like his mouth just drops open in horror. Like, oh, Fozzie. Oh, no. What are you doing? No, there's some incredible. I mean, like, I remember tweets or like reviews earnestly saying that Steve Whitmire deserved an Oscar nomination for this movie. He yeah, did a great that. job. I mean, the biggest, biggest shoes that anyone could have stepped into was Jim sure. Henson's, right? Like, with that character in particular, like, Ernie, whatever. The, all the other ones that Henson does. Rolf is the only other one that I'm like, I think they even sidelined Rolf for a long time because they're like, he was so close to Jim's personality that we didn't want to let anyone do right. him. But to jump in and do Kermit and to do him as well as he did it for such a long time is yeah. really, really Well, I was going to say, like, at this point, has he been doing it longer than, than Jim Henson got to do? Ninety, I don't think so. He's been doing it. This is what about twenty years? He Henson yeah, started Jim, doing Jim, it in. The I think Jim 50s. created Kermit in the mid sixties. Yeah, okay. was it the sixties? So, um, but I will say, I will say, speaking of Whitmire, I would say the one thing that this movie is missing is Rizzo, like a prominence. Yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I miss him. I know he shows up a couple of times here and there, but like he doesn't have a prominent scene. And I and I I get upset watching the montage and being like, why isn't any of these Rizzo? Like I want to see what Rizzo's. Well, been doing. here's my well. Here's the thing, though. It's interesting, and I don't, I don't know the specifics, but this is like a love letter to a very specific chapter of the Muppets. That's true. And right. like he's not in the he wasn't in the original like great muppet caper well he wasn't in like, the muppet show movie. really it's muppet all the show. muppet show muppets that are the sort of primary focus right. like pepe's in this for a very short moment you know right and like uh, who knows what jason siegel's like if he even has a lot of nostalgia for rizzo that's true, true. that's true fair enough yeah Although they do well, use the photo from Muppets Take Manhattan of Kermit and Piggy on their wedding day. Oh my throughout, god! Throughout that got this, me. yeah, oh, yeah, god, that was brutal. That was um, yeah, I well, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to Disney and pitch my Rizzo movie, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Where Absolutely. We go from there. I want Goodwill Hunting a- Muppet Goodwill Hunting with Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo yeah. and Pepe Buddy Cop movie. Uh, Absolutely. Oh man, yeah. running scared with Rizzo and Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, and like God, Fozzie and Kermit's scene together is so good. Like you actually, you know, what Watafi said about them. You, it feels I'm sorry, like I'm just, w- I'm just thinking about Midnight Run with the two of them too. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm just thinking about about uh, Rizzo in the Robert uh, Robert De Niro, De Niro role Niro. and and Pepe in the Charles, Charles Grodin role. Oh, Be amazing. Man. God, that's well, good. like anyway. You really feel like the weight of like these two old friends that have been through so much together, and Kermit feeling like regret. And guilt for like not reaching out to Fozzie 
because he's like, God, dude, I didn't know this has gotten things have gotten this bad for you. I didn't know you needed the Muppets this much. Yeah, They've which been I in Christmas to which cards, I say, which I like. Kermit, buddy, do you even know Fozzie? <laughs> He's not entertaining on his own. He needs you. He needs the Muppets to be successful. Of course well, he does. and and the funny thing of the whole first movie is is it's Kermit and Fozzie. It's the buddy movie. It's it's them. That's true. The whole first yeah. Muppet movie. They're so close, and to the point where even the screen test with you know when they're talking to the cows. If you ever see that little Muppet movie screen right, test, yeah. it's Kermit and Fozzie. Like they're supposed to be like each other's ultimate other half. Yeah. yeah, that's actually really sweet and cool that like the movie knows like well they ha- he would go after Fozzie first he needs Fozzie yeah. first yeah it is it is tough though because you know as much as I li- I love um you know uh, uh, Kermit and Fozzie in in these movies um and in the ABC show um it's like you know as as good as Eric Jacobson is. Eric Jacobson and Steve Whitmire do not have the same relationship that Jim Henson and Frank Oz have. And so there is a like a there's a layer missing, I think, in their relationship. But they're doing the best they can. It's and I like, think it's, kudos. it's one yeah, of those reasons. I think it's one of those reasons that characters like Pepe got so popular in more recent years is because <clears throat> you had to find ways to develop chemistry with Muppet performers because you mm-hmm. didn't have that Frank and Jim thing. You can't just jump into Fozzie and Kermit or Kermit and Piggy even when that that dynamic is, you know, the the characters, the people under those characters aren't the same to each other. They're not in the same relationship as a Frank and right. Jim, uh, Jim were. Right. I mean, literally, like Fozzie Bear. It's it's Frank Oz, Foz, yeah. Fozzie Bear. Like it's just, yeah, it's just so crazy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but he's like, great. Like I really do like. I really do like the 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 guy who plays Fozzie now, uh, Eric Jacobson, and and he does a great job with Miss Piggy. He really does do a great job. It just, you know, inherently, it's going to be lacking something. Yeah. Um, and that's not his fault. He does. A great it's interesting. Job. I guess it's about whether or not, like, when I look, I see Fozzie and Kermit. And I'm mm-hmm. not really thinking about Frank Oz and Jim Henson in that moment. I'm looking right. at the, these two guys, these characters. The yeah. the um, interpretation of Fozzie for me, these like Fro- Fozzie is a little bit more. I, I don't mean Frank as in Frank Oz. I mean he was more f- like Frank acting in his actions. Like mm-hmm. was just more matter of fact with you know Frank Oz, and I feel like he's a little bit more like razzle dazzle as a, a you know entity nowadays yeah there's something he's almost like what you're saying a little more affected right yeah right i could totally see that it does it feels and i mean this is interesting because like i don't feel this way about steve whitmire's kermit um but i do feel this way about uh his his fozzy and and it's just that like yeah fozzy feels like someone doing an impression of fozzy rather than Fozzie. Fozzie is um, almost like weirdly like snarky and cynical too, and I don't get that as much. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, different, next, just different. Maybe my favorite stretch of the movie. They go to pick up Gonzo next. Yes, Gonzo's Royal Flush, his uh, toilet company. He's in <laughs> yeah. a suit now. His toilet Empire. Toilet Empire, and he's yeah. like, like the so of him like talking to all of his like cronies, and it, like it makes no sense. <laughs> like he's like sending everything in a circle. <laughs> no, they got shipped silly putty on accident, man. He has to get it and, back. <laughs> uh, then they go to they, the Muppets meet Gonzo, and they're like, "Hey!" Like, and he's like, "No, I, I'm, I don't, I don't do that anymore." And then I don't remember if this happened when I saw this in theaters, but Camilla wearing little office glasses. Yes, 
walks up to Gonzo and is like, bark, bark, bark. but there's subtitles. The, like, I, Gon- I, I genuinely believe adding the subtitles to Camilla <laughs> is the funniest, <laughs> smartest thing they ever did. Because before it was just the gag of like, oh, he's dating a chicken. Hilarious. But like adding the element of like, she's a really earnest, genuine, supporting like partner. partner and like Gonzo. She- so she's yeah. been, but she's still just going, bark, 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 bark. yeah, because like you see her wearing like the little business suit and the glasses. So you're yeah. me like, oh, she's been in a hundred percent. Yeah. She's been running this empire with him for years. But and then it's like, God, Gonzo, you don't have to hide anymore. Like <laughs> you, you, I, this, you don't have to pretend anymore. Then, but also, <laughs> but also picking up from where he left off in the Muppet <clears throat> movie again, right? Where he was just like a plumber with a truck, like. Oh yeah, that's right. That whole arc out to where he is now the largest plumbing magnate on the West Coast or whatever. Yeah, they all kind of went back to what they were doing before yeah. they became part of a, a unit. Yeah. Um, and then they leave, and then they're like, "Okay, well, I guess Gonzo's <laughs> not going to be." But then he's on the roof, and he tears off. He's, like, "I've been wearing this suit under my suit for years," and he died. And then the hardest I've laughed this entire series. <laughs> He pulls out a button that says, like, automatically blow up the toilet factory button, and he presses it. And then he's like, run! Run! <laughs> and like, they have to run because it's going to explode. And I was like, He just amazing. killed all those people. <laughs> I think they all escaped. God, he told so them to just, run. He told them to get out of there. He didn't, to run. He didn't give them <laughs> yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, they know. I'm sure he prepared them. Uh, I'm going to what, do this someday. Will, oh, yeah, one day I will push this button. I'm going to blow <laughs> you this all need place to be ready. up someday. <laughs> Just be aware. We're going to run drills. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love that, it. That uh, actually, that's a very Gonzo joke of like after the explosion, everybody's just like, <laughs> he's like, Gonzo, oh, you didn't have to blow it up, Gonzo. Like all those people are, did they get out of the building? He's like, yeah, we ran a bunch of drills, you know, like just, <laughs> <laughs> we were running drills for years. Did you notice know too, <laughs> the really wonderful thing about that is when Gonzo is in the suit and he's, he's like, he's, you know, businessman Gonzo. He he's his voice is in that register where it has been for the last several movies, where it kind of really was for like um, Muppet Christmas Carol, the lower register of the voice. As soon as the suit comes off, he's pitched way back up into Muppet show vo- vocal range, like way up in his head, that high pitched, like great gonzo. <laughs> yeah. Like what? I just I don't know if that was intentional, but like, oh, it was just such a great little detail to hear. Mm-hmm. Tofty pointing out that Gonzo started off as a plumber in the Muppet origin movie, the Muppet movie, right? Which is the origin of how they get the Muppet show. Um, makes me realize that maybe that's what this is in continuity with. It's like it's presumed that the Muppet show happened. Right. But it's like the Muppet show that they're building up to in the Muppet movie, which is an adaptation of their origin. Of getting together, right? It's like the it's their biopic, right? And then this is this is a sequel to that biopic. So they're still acting you know? in the biopic about the biopic, right? This is like a direct sequel to that biopic, and that's why yeah. that's the continuity that it sits in. This is why people um, come to you, Corelli. This is why people are here. 
It's for insight like that. <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly a very legacy sequel thing to do, which is the only movie that matters is the first one. <laughs> yes, very much so. Although it's literal in in the terms of uh, the Muppets, because yeah, it's like uh, those first three movies are like they're like just like remakes of each other almost. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, I prefer to think of it as just like this is they wrote a script. Jason Siegel wrote a script to, and then it was like oh, I love the Muppet movie. And like oh yeah, I guess in the Muppet movie I I, I did run a toilet. I was driving a toilet truck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, uh. Then they go on a montage because they're like, oh, this is taking too long. So uh, my so highlights, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem playing at Times Square, I think. Yep. No, no, no. Street. In the subway. Specifically. The subway. The, su- the subway stop from The Exorcist. That set. Oh, that, really? That specific set. <laughs> That's it is the Times Square stop. I'll let you know that. 42nd Street. Oh, okay. Times oh Square wow. Is, it is. It is. That is the stop. It's okay, multiple yeah. trains interconnecting into yeah, the armpit of New York Yeah, but it's the, it's the one City. where uh, F- Father Dyer, D- Dreyer, um, sees that uh, homeless guy uh, who's like, you know, I'm Catholic. And he's just like, yee, <laughs> in The Exorcist. Uh, yeah. You just watched but, that. Yeah, I did. I just watched that. So that's why I remember it. I was like, hey, I did the Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio meme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe Side my note, favorite. Are you guys uh, going um, to talk about the Dr. Teeth show at some point? No, uh, no. Just we only do movies. Quick survey: Did you like it? Did you watch it? Haven't seen it. Haven't watched it. Okay. I uh, I watched the first episode and I decided it was not for me. Okay. Um, Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them filming it in North Hollywood. I told nice. that story, uh, yeah. but I, have, I haven't seen it. Um. So my favorite. I love. I love Scooter working at Google. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. I was for yeah. a moment when this. I was hoping this was the movie where we were finally going to get live action skeeter um Ugh, I and i was i was i was disappointed the uh the ahsoka tano of the muppets yep. yeah very if they much ever so. brought skeeter into proper continuity i've i've long said i on this miniseries i've brought it up many times that one of my pitches one of my many pitches for a muppet movie would be uh scooter remembering he has a twin sister and trying to go find them like they go on a road trip to go find skeeter the muppets I the think- search for skeeter uh, I, I think it. it's great. They've never done anything for Scooter before. Right. Yeah. That's why I want to do a Rizzo movie and a Scooter movie. Like Those are like my guys. <laughs> those could be the same movie, and I think it would be amazing. That's true. I think that's yeah. your movie. Actually, Scooter and Rizzo being like it's, a pair would be fascinating. It's kind of dumb and dumber wow. is, what I'm, is what I'm seeing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, because one's really uptight and like by the book, and one's yeah. like the fucking... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god! Wait, no, it's not Dumb and Dumber. It's uh, it's like, oh, what's the movie I'm thinking of now? Oh god, it's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, continue. Oh, the movie with two funny people where they have different personalities. Yeah, that one. <laughs> what is that movie? <laughs> uh, actually, I think now that I think about it, my favorite part of the montage, technically after the montage, is uh, when Rolf's like, "Why didn't you show what I did? I thought it was pretty interesting." And he's just sleeping on a hammock. <laughs> have yes, we seen true. Rolf? When's the last no, time we've seen this? Rolf? Is his big? This is his first time speaking since uh, Jim the, passed away. Since yeah, so so uh, Mama Steak Manhattan, right. right? Which is what I uh, thought that was the case. And yeah. and yeah, he has silent cameo appearances in because he's like playing the piano in, in Christmas yeah. Carol. I think he's in Muppet Treasure Island. Maybe not even at all. But then he's in, uh, and then he's in the house in Muppets from Space. But he doesn't say anything. Right. Yeah. So Rolf is Rolf. maybe my all-time favorite Muppet for uh, obvious yeah. musical he's reasons. He's up there for me too. Mm-hmm. He's been there since the beginning. He's so soothing. 
Yep. God. Okay. In case we don't bring it up later, his little newsboy cap that he wears when he's off the clock. So good. (laughs) Whoever decided that they need to have like casual wear for the Muppets. Oh man, Kermit's fit. Okay, so they go, they travel by map <laughs> They're in to France. Paris, which is also a great joke. Nick, I when just the- have to point out the last time I talked to you, you didn't make me feel this old <laughs> with your modern lingo and slang. Oh man, I'm such I'm an 30, old man. I'm 31, dude. I know, I'm almost 40 now. What happened to us? <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, the, it dry the car driving out of the beach. Like out of the ocean yep. in Paris, this is just, just terrific. Well, Jason Siegel um, taking that big gasp of air, yeah, like gasping for <laughs> holding air. his breath the whole time. Um, then they go to Par- Piggy's in Paris. She is working as an uh, an editor for the plus size section of Vogue. Emily Blunt, uh, technically unspokenly, like as her character from Devil Wears Prada, yep, is her receptionist. She's great. Love her. Transitive uh, principle means that. Anne Hathaway is somewhere in this universe floating around as well, right? She's someone else that needs to be with the Muppets in the worst way. Well, she's supposed to be the star of the Sesame Street movie. Oh, That they're trying to make. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, they're trying to make like a a Sesame Street feature film in the style of this Muppet movie. But Anne Hathaway is attached as the star, as the the Jason Segel. Where an evil content company is trying to buy the rights to Sesame Street. Yeah. It'll never happen. (laughs) <laughs> um they do muppet man which is when they all get in a suit and like stand on top of each other my the best part about that joke is um that uh at the end of it miss piggy is just like i can't believe i fell for muppet man <laughs> she's so she's mad at herself for falling for it absolutely are we all uh. to have believed that we have seen muppet man happen before is this a thing that has ever happened actually in a muppet anything it's funny because it's one of those things where ironically like if you're watching this and you weren't alive when the Muppet Show was popular or around, you're like, okay. But if you like are old enough to remember when, like, you know, uh, Peter Usenoff was on the Muppet Show, you're like, wait, I don't remember them doing Muppet Man with Peter Usenoff when he was right. on the Muppet Show. <laughs> so at the time, I assume they did this all the time. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing that ever happened. But I love that they were just like. This is a bit that is so familiar in pop culture that we assume that the Muppets have done it, and it's part of their <laughs> repertoire. It writes itself. Uh, uh, so uh, one note. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. The donuts on Miss Piggy's desk look delicious. Yes. They did. They look great. They were pink. You're right about that. I, oh, I feel awful for the people that have to clean the puppets off after they interact with food. <laughs> <laughs> right. um the the uh one other note about about the muppet man which i can't I, I was trying to see if um muppet man had ever been made an appearance in anything else before um but i don't know uh but um it is funny that it's called like muppet man when like that is the name of like the the jim henson biopic that they've been trying to make forever um i don't know oh. that, just, that just strikes me as really funny that like this thing is called muppet man but also i just searched muppet man and it was like do you want to read the muppet man script right, and i'm like right, i've right, read right. it but, yeah. side note i don't think i want to see a jim henson biopic i think that ruins things <laughs> mm. I, um I, I don't think it'll ever get made because documentary it's, it, sure biopic i don't think i can deal with it it's it's uh i've read the script and it is extremely boring uh, but then the third act is like so good and would make everyone cry 
all of the liquid out of their bodies. Uh, I don't even know. Um, that, that's the it. reason why it's been making the rounds for so long. But um, the movie itself is like pretty boring because there's not really a lot of drama. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no like him doing coke off off of Skeksis. Right, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, wasn't his bag. Um, I alluded to it, but I I love the scene of Kermit and Piggy at night on the streets of Paris, just like hashing it out and like talking about their relationship and like you know you said we need you. You can't even say it. You can't even say that like I I. It's not about them, Kermit. It's about me and you. And Kermit's like, I don't know if I can. Oh my god, the part where. Uh, he's like, I, I bought a house where to raise like kids. And he's like, who do you think's taking care of that house? Like, it's so like adult. Yeah. And it, it's like, yeah. a, it's really like a tease of what would become the ABC show. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, like Muppets having adult conversations with each other. Right. Like treating yeah. them like adults with problems right. and lives. Yeah, not just like sketch a mortgage, a mortgage. (laughs) I feel so robbed about that ABC show now. I really did enjoy that. Yeah, I just rewatched it and it made me sad all over again. Yeah. Uh, So Piggy's like, you know what? No, like I'm not coming back, and you can't replace me. So like, good luck. And then they're like, well, shit. What are we gonna do? So they replace her with the Miss Piggy Moopit. Yeah, who's like sharpening a knife in the car, and they're like leaning away from her got like a chain smoker voice yeah <laughs> yeah uh scott how do you feel about moop it piggy uh i mean i don't like it but i don't think we're supposed to so it's fine <laughs> sure yeah are uh, are, are the yeah. only Muppets pigs did i miss that or what was there no, another there's yeah. a there's a fozzy one there's a rolf one yeah there's the a fozzy one comes in with like the hip-hop chains and like but the, he's not a bear right yeah he's a I bear don't know. is he and i feel like the rolf one wasn't a dog yeah, no, I think they are. I think okay. they all just look different from the, like, slightly off, I think. That also frightens me to know that there's other walking, talking, anthropomorphic puppet creatures out there in the world that aren't famous. That's true. Oh, it, that brings me great hope. <clears throat> I <laughs> guess that's how Walter got his shtick, though, right? Like, like he's uh, just, like, one Scott of Scott and I, uh, a, a few weeks ago, we talked about how great the, the frogs that work at the PR agency are. Yeah. Or the advertising agency. Yeah, in Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, mm. I thought you meant like a Those real guys. one that's near you. I'm like, sorry, do you explain? No, they're really <laughs> nice. They're really cool. We get lunch sometimes. Uh, they go back to Hollywood and go on a rejection spree where they're all like, no, no, you know, this is get out of here. Um, they meet Rashida Jones, who they have like a long conversation with. She does the joke where like the bubble of what's like, popular relevance. Yeah. And kind of going back to like this being a movie is like me and the audience. I'm like, well, that's not true. Like, <laughs> I know they're not, I know they haven't had a movie every two years or whatever since 1980. <laughs> like, I guess Jason Siegel wanted there to be. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, everyone knows who the, but oh, in this world, like when Selena Gomez is like, I don't even know who the Muppets are, my agent. Like, bullshit. But like in this <laughs> world, the joke is that everyone forgot about the Muppets and the Muppets are has right. And it's arguable. What's funnier if the Muppets are funnier when they're not successful? And I guess that's kind of what the ABC show is about is like they're not living in a box. Right. They're like, we have a show. We're celebrities. Like I've met several presidents. I'm Kermit the Frog. You know? <laughs> right. Yes. But Kermit's Absolutely. just the showrunner on that show, too, which is the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> like he's right. the behind yeah. the scenes frog. <laughs> yeah. He's like um, Greg Daniels. <laughs> I love. She's like, let me show you what people like right now, and it's the oh punch teacher, punch teacher, punch teacher 
Um, and and there's that there's that ADR line where like the they're like punching the teacher, and the teacher's like in like a like a stocks. What do you call like what is that called? Stocks. Stocks. Yeah, he's in stocks, and they're punching him in the face, and you just hear him go, "I just wanted to make a difference." <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh and then i, uh, I am a teacher I, that's what it feels like every day <laughs> <laughs> and then donald glover uh entering the room and being like they're canceling uh they're they're canceling punch teacher punch teacher because the 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 uh, teachers association is up in arms and <laughs> rashida jones is like what are they complaining about he's like i don't know i just heard about it <laughs> it's such that whole gag is so funny um i love all of that you also have to know that that's like a donald glover was like i will do anything to be in this movie put me in any cameo part that you possibly can i have to be in this yeah for sure this is interesting this is when like you know camp came out childish gambino's first album yeah and like he was sort of transitioning from like troy to the donald glover we know today who like has a beard and like runs an orange orchard or and is like post creativity or whatever the fuck yeah so like this is this is like season three community donald glover yeah yeah um, that which is i believe if i remember correctly this is the season that opened with the spider-man pajamas right post <laughs> donald for spider-man yes so like this is like peak donald glover as like comedian actor donald in, glover. in the zeitgeist yeah for sure so Pre uh, pre Atlanta, right? Yes, pre Atlanta, pre um, yeah, because that's like now he's like transitioned to like I'm I'm an actor. I do some funny things, but I am I am an actor. I'm actor, very serious, very serious. I'm a serious creative artist. I make music. I don't even rap anymore. I just Look, make whatever music is I'm interested in. You know, like that kind of thing. I can't yeah. wait till his epic space disco movie that will be Lando Calrissian. I know. Yeah, that's gonna be good. I, I thought you're gonna. I can't wait till he hits like family comedy, like Pluto Nash era, where he's like lame. <laughs> this is both. I also can't era. wait for that. Ugh, Donald Glover. He used to be another funny. one. <laughs> yeah, Donald Glover and Donald Glover starring next to Donald Glover in. Yeah, yeah. I hear the he's mom. talked to giraffes in this one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so Rashida Jones is like, fine. Here's your slot. You can do a telethon, but like, you need a celebrity host. And um, they go to um, oh, we cut back to Texas office and he's doing his thing. And then uh, we cut to the Muppet theater where I had my thought about like, this is it. Wow. Where we really film the Muppet show in real life. <laughs> um, and uh, they do the We built this city cleaning montage. This is the bit where we start seeing all the, the past Muppet show clips, right? Yeah. When they, yeah. That part, when you hear Jim Henson's voice for the split second. In oh. in this movie, when it's Kermit introducing whoever, right? In Bob Hope. Flash, yeah, I'm just like, oh, God. oh, that happened at the very very beginning when when Walter was watching the Muppet Show for the first time. It happens twice. There's, there's oh, it one does here too because he starts okay. having all these little flashbacks when he's in the theater too. Okay, like audio, uh, yeah, like reverberating. I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. But that that uh, was that was cry moment number two for me in this film. Mm. Um, and really cool. I don't think I even got this joke because I only started watching the Muppet show once it was available on Disney plus mm-hmm. like three, four years ago. Um, but the joke that Beauregard has Still been in, in the, the theater cl- this whole time. Scooter. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> Beauregard is, uh, one of the most underrated Muppets. I think. The moldy vegetables in the chef's fridge. Oh. That, that made me just sad. They were so happy to see him, and he just flame he just, throws them. He just murdered them, and then laughed about it. Wait, 
remind me. Uh, so one of my I'm, I'm going to do it now. I know I'm jumping ahead, but one of my favorite lines in the entire canon of Muppet anything is "The flame is okie dokie." Right. <laughs> yeah. My second favorite line is "No masking," <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. we get to later. But I just love the Swedish oh. chef so much. He's the best. Uh, they don't even because I thought after he flamethrowers them and they cut to the watch out of him laughing, they would be like coughing. Or like yeah. reacting, but no, they're dead. And he drops yeah. a Scarface quote on him too. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great, brutal, so brutal. <laughs> um, and so doing a you know a little little bit of character work is Gary sees Walter integrating into the Muppets really well, and it kind of scares him a little bit. Of like, oh no, is like Walter going to leave? That's scary because like we're codependent. Um, I'm an adult and we still live together. And like, there's this runner of, he keeps signing up him and Mary to keep helping, even though they first came to Los Angeles because Mary always wanted to go and wanted to like, see the sights and have it be a romantic trip. Yeah. Um, we get that moment where Kermit's like, Hey, uh, Walter, just want to say, well, you know, welcome aboard. And Walter's like, Oh my God. Just faints. <laughs> it's really sweet. It's kind of like, I don't know, like what you would imagine, like, Kermit is like George Lucas, you know, or just any kind of like elder statesman generation (laughs) kind of like, you know, hey, new guy, like you're doing great. And Walter being like, oh, my God, he noticed me. This is so cool. It's like when Dave Grohl and I finally hang out and he's like, hey, Scott, (laughs) you're a pretty good drummer. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the Foo Fighters. (laughs) Welcome to them. Welcome to them. Crooked vultures. Same exact thing. Yeah. Um, Now I'm sad. So they... Oh, and then uh, Piggy comes back, and they she she beats up the Moopit Piggy, but she, the Moopit Piggy's like, "I'll be back." Um, it's really sweet when they like crowd her, and she's like, "Well, don't crowd me," and then they leave. Um, <laughs> keeping that going, and then uh, oh, we get the really bad rehearsal where they're yeah not doing the oh, and the reason is that uh, we we skipped over this. When they went to get Animal, he was in the middle of anger management courses. Right. And he met Jack Black. And Jack drum Black was drum the, is his trigger word. Drum is his trigger word. So he made Jack Animal promise Jack Black he wouldn't drum. His, and his now court appointed sponsor. His court appointed sponsor. Yes. Thank you, Topti. <laughs> and uh, Rashida, they're doing really bad at the rehearsal. And Rashida Jones isn't none too excited. That's yeah. the little bit of like Muppet Edge that I like. They get they get it right in this one. Like the chef, like sautéing and and completely murdering his vegetables is a little like dark, and then the whole bit that animals in recovery, <laughs> it's like sure. it's also a little bit of like okay, we're it's a little bit more mature. This is why I like this one. Yeah. Without being like, you know, without going too far, they toe the line really nicely on some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean they cover fuck you later. Which is brilliant. <laughs> I was going to talk about that when we get there, but yeah. Um, yeah. Mary goes to Mel's, like Scott mentioned, and uh, we meet Sarah Silverman, and uh, we get Me Party. Probably the weakest song in the movie for me. Yeah. Um, the, which phrase, sucks, the phrase that Amy I Adams. maybe... I'm so, sorry. The phrase that I maybe use the most from this is, I'm having a me party. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh it's it's yeah it's not a it's not a great song. It's also like the least muppety sounding song. It's the most like a Brett McKenzie flight, flight of the, of the Concords. Concords. Yeah. 
And like, God bless Amy Adams because like she's just in a diner. Mm-hmm. She's not like wearing anything. She's like in her, you know, like, but she's like giving it her all and really trying hard to make this seem like a big fun Muppet musical number. Yeah. But I, yes. I'm also, you know what I, 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 this movie is missing is more Muppets that are just part of society. Um, like there should be Muppets in there in, in like, just, just oh, eating. like the rats should be at the diner. Yeah. Just like, like regular Muppets just being like people in the diner. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, you look back at like Muppets take Manhattan and it's like every scene you're in, there's at least like a Muppet at like every other table or something, you know? So right, like the business frogs. Right. Right. Um, they, uh, back at the theater, they're getting ready to do, uh, they told Kermit that she and Piggy have to do a duet. And that leads to some drama. And Rashida Jones is like, "Hey, Frog, like you're not gonna you're not gonna put the show on if you don't have a celebrity host." And so they, uh, Kermit's like, "Well, why don't we just ask Tex Richmond to give us a theater back?" So they go to Tex's office. They do the rap that we talked about. I like it. I I just I just like how hard Chris Cooper commits to it. Um, I learned behind the scenes he actually studied and listened to rappers recommended to him by his son to kind wow. of learn the cadence and like how to get like the flow right yeah and you know also kind of sounds fly to the concordsy that did their fair share of hip-hop parodies yeah um, so like i personally don't find this cringy and but almost it being so short makes it funny right that, that is true i i think that might have been the fix yeah is this the scene yeah. where bobo's like so do you think we're working for the bad guy <laughs> I think that's later, but that later? Just, I don't know when this is, but you reminded me of the scene where uh, uh, Tax and Bobo are fencing, <laughs> which is, I think, also later. I think that's when and the Bo- yeah. Bobo's wearing like the mask yep. and he gets barely covered. He's his barely face. moving and he's just getting whacked with the fencing <laughs> foil repeatedly. Oh, I think but I think this is the scene where Tax like whips the contract out and it like flops over and you hear Bobo go, very good. Sir. Very, very nicely done, sir. <laughs> I would Bobo's pay money. Bobo was wasn't he like a like a, a runner on the ABC show or something? Wasn't that his role? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that to me is one of the most underutilized Muppets. Is so brilliant, so well. Pl- like, give Absolutely. me a Bobo show. No, like, and if like if Bobo was like one of the producers on the morning show next week, <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't say anything. No, You're just wearing yeah. like a plaid shirt and being like, oh, Avery's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, what a week. (laughs) (laughs) I love Bobo. Yeah, he's he's the best. So they go out. They leave Texas. They leave Tex Richmond's office defeated. And Kermit's like, you know what? Like, maybe we're not going to do this. Like, maybe we just have to face it. So he walks away and Piggy steps up and is like, okay, the frog's gone. I'm in charge. We're doing this. I didn't fly all this way to not be on TV. Like, (laughs) Let's let's kidnap a celebrity, and I it's kind of cool. I like it whenever Piggy gets to step up and be like the leader when Kermit's not around, and it kind of shows that they do collectively they fear Piggy, but they also recognize Piggy as like a leader. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they kidnap Jack Black. Uh, Gary realizes that he missed his anniversary dinner with Mary and uh, he runs to Walter to try and get like, Hey man, I'm really bothered. But Walter is caught up in, he doesn't know what his act is going to be in the show. 
Well, Gary doesn't even know why Mary was mad at this point. Yes. Like, he goes to Walter to, like, find out, like, why is what happened? Can you go talk to her for me is what he says. Yes. Yeah. Um, During – so, like, before they get to uh, kidnapping Jack Black, you know, Kermit is going through his Rolodex and calling people. (laughs) No, um, Ringwald. Yeah, trying to get get cameos. (laughs) President Carter. They they filmed a bunch of cameos for this that were all cut from the film. Um, And it's interesting because uh, a few of these, I believe, ended up in – not the cameos. They shot new cameos, obviously, but, like – a lot of these guys ended up being in Muppets Most Wanted because they were cut from this. Um, but uh, Rob Corddry, Billy Crystal, Ricky Gervais, Kathy Griffin, Sarah Hyland, Sterling Knight, Wanda Sykes, and Danny Trejo all filmed cameos in, like, Kermit trying to get them to host right. and them turning him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they... Uh, I can uh, see that getting kind of repetitive. That's right. Like eight jokes in a row. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It works really um, well when you don't see any of them. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, because you don't want any of them to be bad guys. You know, you don't want right. to be, you don't want to see them turning them down. Also, your I career's think... over if you show up in a Muppet movie and you turn down the frog. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, so then we get. What were you the, gonna uh... say, Nick? You said, well, I think what? Well, it's interesting because you did have like I think about that dude in uh, Great Muppet Caper that like holds Camilla at, like a gunpoint. Oh yeah, Charles Grodin. Yeah, or like. Mel Brooks really? in the first one. Wait, he he was in Muppets Take Manhattan as well. Oh Who's... oh oh oh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Right. Uh, I don't know yeah, who guy. it is. In yeah, because he because but well because he takes somebody uh, by gunpoint in. Yeah, Camilla. In, yeah. Oh, Charles Grodin. Yeah, Charles yeah, Grodin does too. So that's why I was getting confused. Um, or yeah. like Mel Brooks playing the Nazi scientist. Right. Or Sarah to me. So yeah, it's interesting. Just kind of that kind of like, I think it's underrated playing like an adversary to the Muppets. Yeah. Um, But then we get the Academy Award winning song, Man or Muppet, where Gary and Walter have an identity crisis. We get uh, Muppet Gary and Scott, in your research, I remember reading something and I can't confirm it or remember where I read it. I think it was like Entertainment Weekly or Slash Film or something that an ideal, an idea Jason Siegel had was for Michael Sarah to play Walter. But there was like a rule about the Muppeteers were like, no, we don't have people who aren't Muppeteers be Muppets, like handle Muppets. Um, I didn't see anything about that, but that does. Oh, you mean like play Walter, not the yeah, live action version, but actually Walter. perform him. Right, oh. right. And be the voice. Yeah, that does make sense. I, that would be interesting. Um, I I feel like. I see where they're coming from and also like, you know, not wanting to take a job away from a from a puppeteer. Right. Sure. But um I think like thematically, because he's not a Muppet, right, until he's brought into the camp, it actually mm. would make sense for him to be voiced by not a puppeteer. But instead they just went with like a kind of a first time um sure. someone that lead, doesn't have an iconic leading puppeteer guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like this is the only character that he's playing in the movie. But in the version that we see, the human version of Walter is played by Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Arguably the biggest cameo of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I remember this getting a huge reaction in the theater um, when people saw him. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I don't watch that show. So I guess I guess that's the reason why it's still on the air was that reaction. I just heard. Um, But (laughs) this um, young fella seems to be famous. Yeah. uh, I think. 
his, I think, human Walter works better than puppet Gary. I don't think sure. I don't think Muppet Gary looks anything like Jason Siegel, but I do think they cast Jim Parsons well as like a human version of yeah. that Walter Muppet. Yeah, Muppet Gary looks like Guy Smiley. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, Jason, you don't have that square of a jaw, my friend. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't really work. Um, you know, good song though. I, I get why it won the Oscar. It's kind of like the big show stopping number yeah. did they did they perform it live yep okay cool yeah it's weird though that it's um it's shorter than i always remember it for sure um uh that's always surprising to me um i'll use this opportunity to uh while we're talking about jason siegel's face i'll, I'll uh use this opportunity to tell a story from a test screening um in which uh you know this being a movie that was for families the test screenings tended to be with kids um, a lot. Mm. And uh, in one of the earliest test screenings, um, they got the the notes, the note cards that you fill out at the end of the test screening. Um, and one of them was from a, a six year old boy. Um, and they sent this card. The producer sent this card to Jason Siegel with a note uh, to keep you humble. Um, and the, the note from this child, the, the question was, um, what was something that uh, you you hated seeing and didn't want to see any more of, and they wrote Gary's face, <laughs> which is brutal. Wow, brutal, just absolutely brutal. <laughs> Guarantee you, that's framed in Siegel's house somewhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I am sure. <laughs> nobody, um, nobody can roast you like a kid. No, Ooh. no, man. That's, uh, uh, again, I'm surprised no one's tried to do like you know like a kid say the darndest things, but as uh, as kids a, roast the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. Kid, kids, kids say the darndest things as a roast. You don't yeah. want to um, encourage I'm, children. I'm very to surprised just no one's mean. ever tried to do that. That's just uh, that's bad upbringing. Because <laughs> you look like you've never ran in your life. <laughs> it's just really mean observations. <laughs> yes. Why do you have three stomachs? Uh, oh no. <laughs> You oh, have man. bigger boobs yeah. than my mom. No, stop. So they uh, really funny interaction. But the Muppets tell Kermit what they've done. And uh, Fozzie's like, what's worse? Minorly inconveniencing Jack Black or losing the theater forever. The kidnapping Jack Black, Fozzie. And and that scene right there, the reactions that they get out of I'm doing my hand thing again, like people can see it. The reactions that Whitmire gets out of Kermit's face by just like pulling that top lip back or like raising his middle finger ever so slightly, the, the yeah. way those eyes change. It is I think part of it is because we've been exposed to Kermit for so long in pop culture that we have learned how to read his emotions. Um, but also it's just god damn the art form of puppeteering is it's yeah. so subtle, but they're so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh sure. a celebrity is not a people, pretty dark line. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> um, so back at the theater, the show starts the Muppet Telethon, and this is half the movie. Yeah. This goes on so long. It like does. it's mostly good, but you know, it's like most movies, the final performance is like five, ten minutes, you know? Right. Like, they, or going back to Manhattan Melodies, where they it's like do barely the a Muppet show. show. Yeah. <laughs> they like, just do an episode of The Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah. Mu like the third act it, of this movie is like legitimately 40 and minutes it, long. It starts <laughs> with the same way that every Muppet show starts, with Scooter, five minutes to curtain, Mr. Black, and then the funny situation that Jack Black finds. Like, that's, that's the cold true. open for that's every true. Muppet show. Five oh, minutes to curtain, yeah. Elton John. 
you know. Also, as uh, you know, speaking of Steve Whitmire, I bet Steve Whitmire felt insane doing the Muppet Show opening, um, sure. because no one but Jim has ever done that. Right. Um. That that he probably felt crazy. Um. I I can only imagine what that moment felt like to him. With, I always like Kermit's sassy little pose. In the in the logo when he's kind of like 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 he's doing like headshots at Sears or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh the anticipation yeah. to see what would come out of Gonzo's trumpet. I just yeah. remember being <laughs> all a titter, waiting to see what was gonna happen. That's funny. I was a little disappointed uh, that it was a Tarzan yell and not some sort of weird explosion, but it works. That's funny. Yeah. The uh, so yeah, I mean highlights. We talked about uh, Camilla, Camilla's show-stopping rendition of "Fuck You." Oh, so good, <laughs> terrific, good for her. Um, the the smells like Teen Spirit, the barbershop, very much in the vein of what had been coming out on their YouTube channel, like the the Bohemian Rhapsody and things like that. The Muppets sure, putting true. out as digital content. That one yeah. felt very their much relationship in line. with Weezer. Right. Uh, the great keep fishing video from Weezer. The yep. best part of that was when Meeper is supposed to, or uh, Beaker is supposed to say my libido and he just holds up the towel that Meme, everyone yeah. else is holding up lyrics and his just says me, me, Mimo. <laughs> like yes. clever kind ways like, to what, keep it clean. <laughs> what you guys have been talking about where the closest this movie gets to being just a little bit naughty, a little bit inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Family Guy a while back, Tofty, because like I've thought about Family Guy a lot during this series because they're kind of the closest thing we have to the Muppet Show right now. Where if you watch Family Guy, especially kind of like in the last 10, 5 years or so, the kind of joke of Family Guy is that they are doing a show called Family Guy. Oh. Yeah. Is that right? And I see that. There'll be like j- jokes about like they'll cut to the table read of the script. Or and be like, this is bull. Or like Stewie will be like, you didn't even use me this week. This is bullshit. Wow. Yeah. But there is no fourth wall that is unbreakable in Family Guy. Yeah. Huh. Like uh, there's an episode after the Cleveland show gets canceled and they they <laughs> Cleveland moves back <laughs> right. to Quahog and they just like, all right, get it over with. And they just roast the Cleveland show for like two minutes. <laughs> wow. Huh. And then they never bring it up again. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Uh-huh. So and then uh, Uncle De- <laughs> so Tex Richmond and Bobo drive up and they cut the power and Uncle Dudley is like, wait a second. I'm a Muppet. I was in the Muppet show back in the 70s when Jim Henson was alive. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, has his hero's moment, turns on Tex Richmond. Gary and Mary uh, travel by map back to L.A. And. uh Really bright idea. Whose bright idea was it to watch the telethon during the romantic dinner? That was never going to end well. Uh, That's a compromise. I mean, the romantic dinner is like on their porch. (laughs) I don't know. Just (laughs) he kind of already blew it. They were going to go to Mel's, Scott, but Gary blew it. (laughs) Oh yeah, I love. We missed it. The line when he finally like completely screws up when they're in L.A. and she's like, "So what's your plan for dinner?" And he just goes, "I don't know. Whatever you want to (laughs) do." Yeah, I'm like, Uh, I've been there. Ooh, oh no, brutal. I think eating at Mel's is even more depressing than eating just outside your porch. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's fair. No, love Mel's, but <laughs> except now it's been in a Muppet movie. Yeah, that's true. That's it true. has. Uh, only part of the movie to really make me tear up was Gary and Mary come back, and and uh, and Gary's like, "Hey, I'm sorry I left. It's just you know when you're when you know you don't want to lose the most important person in your life." And Kermit looks up and sees Piggy's room, goes to see Piggy. 
And then, yeah, we, we see that they are both keeping a torn photograph from the Muppets Take Manhattan and kind of similar to Kermit's scene with Fozzie, just how these two characters are just allowed to play this scene out and Kermit's delivery of like, you know, like I miss you. Like I need you. Like, this isn't about like, I will, for the first time I have the courage to say, we are not just the Muppets. Like I have, you are Miss Piggy to me. And like, you are my person. And it got me. It, it just really felt like it had been building to this weirdly with every Muppet movie. Yeah. Well, there's also this funny thing of like, it's it's not even like will they, won't they. There are instances in the history of the Muppets where Kermit and Piggy are together. And there are instances where he is like running away at full speed from her. Like that relationship is so interesting the way that it's portrayed in different films. And like, yeah, there are different stories and different um settings and whatnot but that there's always i don't it's it's weird to keep track of it's hard to keep track of but they're just the connection between them whether it's you know they are in love or they are like on the outs for some reason and the no one ever really has an answer why but this is probably the most like i think definitive statement on how they actually feel about each other mm. which is like yeah they're just arguably the most important person in each other's lives and whether they're living together or apart or they haven't seen, they will always find a way to come back or whether they're cartoon babies. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, So yeah, then that, that bleeds directly into the rainbow connection number where they turned it into a group number super well executed. I I think the other Muppets come in at just the right moment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you're a certain age, I, I, you know, it's probably a real kick in the nuts. I that, have a question. Can I ask? Sorry, go aging, ahead, Scott. And then aging I'll, nuts. You go, you, you go, and then I'll go. Oh, I was just going to say, the moment that animal kicks in with the drums. Oh, my gosh. That, that's, that gets me. Um, like, because then it's just like the full band, and it's yeah. like, yeah, that, that hits me hard, big time. Um, it's a great number. This great, is great reprieve of that song. Might be a stupid question. This is Steve Whitmire singing rainbow connection they didn't use jim's voice in the recording of the, the song did they i don't think so no okay yeah this is steve Whitmire. it sounded really good in this movie mm-hmm. yeah it does he's great he's a good singer he is one more sleep till christmas yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> love let us here <laughs> yeah follow the star and here we are i kind of think the whistling caruso uh walter's number is kind of perfect because it's it's been built up and you're, I only know that because it's called that in the soundtrack. I don't think they ever call it the whistling Caruso in the movie. Yeah. Uh, performed by Andrew bird, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause like they've been building it up. Like, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to sing? And Gary has that beautiful speech where he's like, look, dude, like growing up is becoming the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And you're my hero. And like, go out there and like, just do your thing to show them who you are, which is cool. It kind of speaks. We've been talking all season about what the Muppets mean to creative people. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or just people like leading kind of like their truth and becoming who they want to be, whatever that means to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's a cool message for Gary to give to Walter to like step up and be the person that you want to be and give that gift to yourself. It's a very Muppety yeah. lesson. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and the whistling, like it's not great, but it's but it r- reminds me of so many like random sketches on The Muppet Show where you're like. Yeah. What was that? Okay, Lydia, the tattooed lady. Yeah. yeah, 
But yeah, there's just like every once in a while you're just like, I guess, okay, that was, they just did ballet for like three minutes. Okay. It's a variety. You don't want it to be a joke. You don't want it to be him like farting. Right. Because you want it to be kind of like uplifting or inspirational. But you also, we just had Rainbow Connection. Everyone's already crying. So we don't want like another ballad or like another super earnest moment. So it's just, it's like on the verge of serious and silly. Right. That I think is perfect for the moment. But I think it is also the reason why. You know, to to you know, bring up your your uh, your perfect analogy with Lola <laughs> Bunny, um, it's why Walter sort of fades away after Muppets Most Wanted. I mean, he fades away mostly in Muppets Most Wanted, then goes away entirely after that. Right. Um, and I and I think it is because they are like he's kind of too scootery, and we already have a scooter. Like the thing that he fits the best at doing is doing what Scooter does, but we have Scooter, so we don't need Walter, and we don't know what else he provides. Mm-hmm. You know, he provided something very specific to the narrative of, the, of this movie, but he doesn't really fit with the Muppets going forward because he doesn't really have anything to offer. He's not he's not a Muppet, really, you know? Sure. Yeah. Tofty, any thoughts on the Whistling Caruso? I like it. I like the way they led into it throughout the film, where you like, especially when they're doing the uh, um, "We built this city" and you hear him sort of whistling along. I think they laid the foundation really well, and I like that it's something that he could already do, and it's not something that is super. You know, he's not doing something incredibly difficult that no one else can do. He does something that a lot of people can do. He just happens to do it. Well, like a little better, maybe, which, again, to your point, kind of is like, you know, you don't have to be extraordinary. You just have to be you, you know, is kind of the message I get there. And being you is good enough. Um, I like it. I like the whistling thing. It sounds a little synthesizer. I know it is all synth. It's not real whistling. It's like it's sampled or synthesized or something. And it sounds technically pretty good up until the very end when it starts going really fast and doing all that um like the the really quick runs like that it sounds very keyboard triggered at that point but for the most part sounds really good i like yeah and uh the cutting back to jason siegel just weeping is really funny yeah can we talk about hobo joe oh yeah zach alfanakis what he's uh he's really funny in this like it's great yeah I don't yeah. know. I like that he drags his barrel in there, his trash fire. Just yeah, tries to go in the whole time. And then brings more hobo friends in. Yeah. He's tearing tickets. Yeah. Guys, uh, Walter t- was in Muppets Haunted Mansion. Oh yeah. He he's, played he, one of the one of the dead husbands. Yeah, he's he still shows up. Muppets Now. What the hell is Muppets Now? Is that the live show? No, that was the wasn't it like a short talk show? It was like it was like a COVID thing. It was like oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, 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 right. Yeah, that was very disappointing. Thing. I remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, Tex Richman arrives, and uh, there's a funny joke where uh, Fozzie bangs on the telethon counter, and uh, like they're not even close. They have way less money than they thought. Nine hundred ninety nine thousand, hundred thousand to ninety nine thousand. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Uh, and then kind of a cool. Way to end the movie where, like, they didn't do it. They, like, didn't raise enough money to get the theater back. And so they're walking away dejected. And Kermit is like, you know what? Like, we tried. And that's what matters. And, again, maybe we don't have the old theater anymore where we performed all of our classic shows. Everyone knows this in Los Angeles. In the Muppet Show. <laughs> but, like, this trial, this adventure reminded me that I love you guys. And, like, 
we'll start from the bottom and work our way to the top. We've done that before. All that matters is that we're together. And then they open the door to the theater and it's revealed that like there's this huge crowd of people waiting for them. And yeah. they're cheering, and there's all these signs going like, "We love you, Muppets. Muppets rule. We love you, Miss Piggy." Yeah. That moment right there of like that is that is tear up. That is full on waterworks number three for me in this film when they yeah. open that door and the crowd is there. It is. I don't know if it's the idea of like that. I am the crowd in that one. Like I am feeling this for you guys, and like oh my god, they finally realized it in the movie. You finally felt what everyone else felt, like what I've been holding for you the whole time I've been watching this movie, you know, now there's an audience in the movie there to, to reciprocate it to you. It's just, Oh, it's so powerful. I like a baby lose it every time at that moment. It yeah. is like a scientifically formulated. We're going to put the cry here and they pin it yeah. into the script. That's the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like openly sobbing in the yeah. theater and, and Bethany was just like, are you I'm gonna, okay? I'm going <laughs> to marry this man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, just like, just like, like audibly sobbing. Um, like it was like, (laughs) like, like trying to control myself from wailing. And you're not the only one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, uh, that's, that's, that's a big deal. And yeah, it's, it's largely like seeing that. It's also just like seeing all these people like appreciate these guys that I've grown up my whole life appreciating and like seeing them get their like respect and the love that they deserve you know and it's just it's like had i known that event was happening i would have also been on the street cheering with totally no one gave me the memo yeah totally (laughs) um Um, minor continuity error there too piggy comes out of the theater in a different outfit than she was in mere seconds before the door opened i happened to catch that today interesting we get a reprise of Life's a Happy Song, Rolf playing the piano. Beautiful. You'd love to see it. With yep. a caddy hat. Um, with a caddy hat. And like, it's technically the movie isn't resolved until the credits mm-hmm. when Tex Richmond gets his head hit with a bowling ball that Gonzo's been <clears> like <throat> spinning. Um, and he gives the Muppets their theater back. And Gary proposes to Mary. Mm-hmm. And then we get Menomina over the end credits. Uh, Judd Hirsch in the end credits of this. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I don't I, I really did not like this Menomina thing this time. I It feels oh, really? like, yeah, because it felt like the the Menomina Muppets, whatever you call those guys, um, were like on green screen. And mm. the, I think they were they, like they were a lot of them. It didn't feel like. Yeah, I know. But like it didn't feel like anyone was interacting with them. It just felt like. Say do sing Menomina to the camera, everybody, and we'll we'll cut you into the end. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know. It just felt sure. It feel great I don't no know. for sure it's kind of like uh yeah it just kind of breaks the tone a little bit it's a little mm-hmm. too like i don't know like dreamworks dance party yeah yeah i liked it <laughs> <laughs> i love Menomina. yeah, yeah. well it, it kind of like what 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 this whole thing has been a love letter to that era of muppets yeah and why that version of muppets <laughs> thank is you tofty and- for being our poster boy for old people <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah Menomina is kind of like yeah the, the do the Bartman of seventies Muppets. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's twenty eleven's Muppets. Scott Corelli. Any any closing thoughts on this one? Um, no. I mean, I I I just I love this movie to pieces. Uh, I really really do. Um, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, I. I love how much like on location this was shot in Los Angeles, and there's just like. 
Like that's that's like really special to me and like the Warner Brothers back lot that I'm so familiar with. Like they're literally doing Life is a Happy Song like in Stars Hollow. Um, oh wow. Yeah. And so like I don't know, there's just a lot of that stuff that I really love and I love the songs um and it's just a it's a really magical ending. Uh, and it's the kind of movie that's so good that its sequel could never live up to that. And so I'm trying to go into Muppets Most Wanted with that in mind of like, it's not going to live up to the one you just watched. Like, just well, and, accept and, it for where, where it is, you know? And something Toffee said at the very beginning of this is that I think rings true now that we're wrapping up is like, you can really only do this once. Yeah. Like, I don't really need another weepy tear jerky everyone's clapping because the muppets exist right like because it's like okay cool great like yeah we did it. now we did it like i don't need every bond movie to be skyfall <clears throat> right like right you kind of and muppets most wanted is like can we just do one where they're goofy again right and like and i think that's i i've only seen that movie once so i'm excited to, to revisit it after nine years yeah i haven't sure. it's, seen that this one, in one a is just time. so transcendent that it's like it's it feels like a letdown, even though you're absolutely right about everything you just said. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. I feel like the the comparison of Muppet movie to Great Muppet Caper, it's the same thing. This one to Muppets Most Wanted. You had this amazing, you know, setup, and then this the movie the next movie to come after it. Like it, you you put them in a situation, you put them in yeah. a in a um, give them a, a plot to follow. It's it's a it's a different a beast. Caper, it's hard. A caper, if you will. Yes. <laughs> um, the Muppets are best, in my opinion, when they get to be the Muppets, when they're not pretending to be other people, mm. which is why I loved the ABC show. You know, I I liked most of the Dr. Teeth show. I love the Muppet movie. I lo- this movie is, I think it's probably my second favorite Muppet film, if not third, because Muppets Take Manhattan is also really special to me. But I... I've always enjoyed the Muppets more when it's them being them, not them being a character, like acting. I don't like the Muppets as actors. I like the Muppets as Muppets. That being said, I haven't watched Muppets Most Wanted in a long time, and I'll have to see it again. I might have to go watch that again later today. Um, But this movie is perfection. It is lightning in a bottle. I think it hits every sentimental beat that people have wanted for so long i can't like how many times do you hear someone talk about a franchise and just go oh i wish they would do it like this or oh what they really need to do is a movie like like the first one like this checks all those boxes but it's also modern enough to like bring in a new audience it is reverential um it's it's it is it's perfect movie i think top to bottom it's a perfect movie yeah awesome well, Tofty, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your Muppet knowledge and your Muppet artifacts and your Muppet leavings, <laughs> droppings. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm happy to be here. I love I love Muppets. Anytime you guys want to talk Muppets, I'm here for it. Well, it's only going to be this one time. Well, then that's great because I don't have a lot of free time. <laughs> I'm a very busy man. Uh, man. Uh, speaking of which, what have you got going on that you want to you want to plug uh, to our listeners? So I just released an album. My band After the Echo released uh, our second album, which is available streaming everywhere and limited vinyl copies very soon. Um, After the Echo dot com. Uh, we always love it when people check out TMNT Minute, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. It's evergreen. It's always there. We haven't done anything new. We're not going to do anything new, but 
Still love Ninja Turtles. You guys aren't going to uh, reunite to do a, a mutant mayhem? It's, we're all very busy nowadays. We've talked review. about doing some sort of review. It might happen. <clears throat> um, but anytime we say we're going to do something, it ends up not happening. So I'm just not going to say it anymore. Fair enough. Um, and, they do um, a lot of scary Gen Z stuff in that one, Toffees. I don't know. How you oh, I've seen it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, and uh, listen, I I recognize the Gen Z the Gen Z stuff because I teach them all now. So, right. oh yeah, um, true. I I knew what Riz was thanks to my students. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then uh, putting together music for Geek by Night, which I think is going to be a thing that happens again someday when I remember <clears throat> to turn stuff in for Scott Corelli. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. <clears throat> Great work yeah. so far, though. Yeah, yeah thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we wrap this thing up with Muppets Most Wanted, uh, the final um, uh, theatrically released Muppet movie. So far. So, <clears throat> yeah, so far. <laughs> we have been watching Muppet movies for two months. <laughs> it's true. Lucky. <laughs> it's true. Um, all right, Muppet Mills One, and next week we will talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Someone by your side to sing Life's a happy song Life's a happy song When there's someone